Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the broadcast. Please jump in. We are streaming this on lots of different pages. So there's going to be a lot of people on here tonight, a lot of people waiting. Thank you for coming to the broadcast. This is episode 161 of Revival Lifestyle Podcast. But tonight, of course, it is the Demon Slayer Podcast, which we're going to talk all about that. We have a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of questions and answers. I'm with my good friends, Pastor Mike Signorelli and Pastor Vlad Savchuk. And we're on your guys' pages. So who am I really introducing here? We're literally on your guys' page. It's not like you guys don't know them. I know you guys will continue to comment. What's the name of the guy at the top left? What's the name of the guy at the top right? Guys, just to be clear, our names are on screen, okay? So I don't want to insult your intelligence or anything, but our names are on screen. These are dear friends of mine. Apostle Alexander Pagani could not make tonight He has prior things going on. When we do these podcasts, it's basically like, hey, who can do this? And usually our schedules will never all four line up exactly at the same time. So it ends up being like they get pushed out a month, they get pushed out two months. And then we say, all right, we got to do this on this day. Whoever can make it can make it. So that's why sometimes you'll see certain people here and certain people not here. But yeah, thank you guys for coming on. The last time we were on was actually at the cusp of the Domino Revival, uh, I think, re-release, and we talked all about the movie. So, Pastor Mike, I have some stuff to do on my end in the background on Facebook, but I want you to talk to us really quick about the Domino Revival and kind of what all transpired after that second Yeah, come on. So you're telling me you're not going to tell everybody about the conspiracy as to why uh, Pagani's not, why is Apostle Pagani not here? We're not going to tell them the real reason. We're Yeah, let's tell them the real. <laughs> let's give them some content. They're dry. Yeah, guys, yeah, we're here addressing criticisms, and, and I know there's conspiracy theorists in the chat right now, but I can honestly tell you that he is just simply busy. I, th- I, th- I think it's believable. <laughs> That's what's <laughs> yeah. really happening, you know? Sometimes the truth is less salacious than, you know, than the lie. Reach. But But guys, let me just tell you, Domino Revival was incredible. I want to sincerely thank you for your support. Each and every one of you, I mean, there were single mothers buying out half of a theater and the contribution that you all made was eternal. So I've got big news. As a matter of fact, I intentionally did not tell this news to Pastor Vlad. I mean, they, they, these guys don't know we're it. So I'm going to say first. for the, Yeah, you, this is like actually you're hearing it here first. And, and oh, I'm so excited. So Domino Revival is going to go to digital distribution. I know you guys are asking, when can I see it online? You know, I need to go to YouTube and see it. I need to go to Amazon Prime, whatever. That's coming. We're working on that. But in the meanwhile, God opened up an unprecedented opportunity, and the movie is going to theatrical release in four Asian nations. Wow. Come I mean, on. I, so like earlier in 2023, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I'm going to begin to open Asian nations to you. I have no existing, I've preached all over the world. That's like the one part of the world I've never ministered. I have no direct connections. And through a series of events that I can't, I don't have the time to get into, God opened this door. And so they were asking like, hey, will you come out to the Philippines for the premiere? So four Asian nations like are literally going to be filled. Theaters are filling up. Come on. And then we're working on Canada. I need you guys to pray because we're still working on Canada. It's not a no. It's just a maybe. But right now, God opened up the door. So at the the very beginning of 2024, it's going to hit theaters all throughout Asia. 
It's amazing. Amazing, amazing how God is doing. Literally global. This is a global revival That's movement. Incredible. It that is. God, that God is doing, that God himself is doing, and it's a beautiful thing. And uh, yeah, I love to see what God yeah. is doing. So many testimonies from the movie. I have family and friends that went, and it profoundly impacted their life. And I know you have an inbox full of testimonies of people's lives that have been changed through this message and through the altar call at the end. That was the most amazing part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think about all the suicides that were canceled and I think Come about on, that dude. happening now that happening in theaters throughout Asia. And I just think about all the people who got delivered from demons, all the people. I mean, the, the main thing was the presentation of the gospel. And so how many people are going to be saved in even countries that never would have? So I know everybody's on the edge of their seat. Like, when's it coming out? Digital distribution, Apple, whatever. That's going to be here really, really soon. But one of the stars of the movie is also here. His name's Pastor Vlad Sofchuk, and I, I would love to kick it over to him. He's got a book called Host the Holy Ghost that my entire church is reading right now uh, in preparation of the new year. I think he's wearing the merch, so I want to kick it over to him. And he's working on a casually working on a building project, casually building a massive ark is what I like to call it, getting ready for this end time harvest. We're building arcs. And uh, Vlad, tell us, yeah, tell us about that. So, um, uh, guys, it's it's joy to be here with you. It's been a long time. I know that we text um, every day. Sometimes even my wife tells me, hey, uh, Vlad, is this when the Demon Slayers woke up? Because I'm like on my phone and like <laughs> eating, uh, eating and on my phone. And I'm like, hey, it's Demon Slayers. It's Demon Slayers. She's like, okay, I, I'll, I'll give you the pass on that one. And so, but I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm actually right now in Texas. So I have a little bit of a running nose because I just arrived here. We did a, an interview and got in a hotel so that's why you, you don't see the little uh, rainbow uh, the rainbows or the butterflies the blue but, butterflies. Um, the hotel setup <laughs> it missed the the butterflies and so but we have i released the book host the holy ghost and really appreciate each and every one of you who has shown that support god has opened doors you know to be on daystar and you know a lot of other um, you know sid roth and and different things and it was self-published. It's already translated in Romanian language, Vietnamese language, Russian language, Spanish language, audio, Kindle. And it's actually half off right now until Christmas. So people can get it for their family and their, and their uh, friends. And I've seen them, honestly, in two months, guys, I've seen more people getting the book. And I think about probably about 50,000 people downloading it for free in just two months that I have seen with all of my books in like five years. So this has been more than in the last five years, all the books put together. It's been incredible. I think what God's been doing, so many people that are just being rocked uh, by the book. And um, we're also part of the building campaign right now. So we're, we're getting ready to do uh, three services here in just about a few months, but three services in two sanctuaries at the time. So it's, it's gonna be really six services on Sunday morning. So we got a new building and we've been remodeling it. We're just raising right now the for the this thing called flat work, which is the foundation. So so many people's been just like showing, sowing generously. I mean, people that will um, even you guys have been really, you know, Pastor Mike, a blessing and sowing into that and just praying for that, supporting and sharing it. Uh, those of you guys watching, a lot of you guys have shown that support as well by sharing and by sowing. And so and I believe very soon we're gonna have that it's going to be probably either toward the end of next year but realistically it's going to be easter of 2025 and uh and it's going to be a glorious day we're going to bring all the demon slayers together and have a wonderful wonderful celebration 
Amazing. And you know, Vlad, I remember when I first had you on my show and you were saying, oh, I'm giving all my books away, all of my content, if you can't afford it for free. And I love that you do that. Like you just said, 50,000 people have downloaded your book for free. I love that you make it a resource to those that can't afford it. We know not everybody can afford to invest into what God is doing. And so we always say like, if you can't afford to give, don't, but if you can, so into the ministry. And so I love that, that you're giving this out for free. I think one of the things people always accuse us of or criticize us about is you guys are charging. It's all about the money for you. And guys, let me just say this. If you think it's all about money, you don't realize um, we wouldn't be preachers if this was all about money. We'd be working a much different job. We definitely wouldn't be giving out our content for free. If it was all about money, y'all wouldn't be here listening for free. We would be monetizing everything. And so I love your guys' heart for just giving stuff out, giving the books away for free, giving all your e-courses away for free for those that can't afford it. I know you have an international school with thousands of people that have freely graduated from that. So anyways, I just commend you for that. Because I'm always hearing people accuse, they're asking for money, they're charging. And I'm like, you don't realize Vlad literally has all of his content available for free. Most people don't do that. So. Yeah, and honestly, I, and Isaiah, I'll, I'll add to that because last year, at this time, last year, um, you know, me and my wife, we, we gave the largest donation that we've ever given. First of all, that Hungry Gen has ever received. We're not businessmen. Uh, we just flipped a few properties and, you know, made some honest money and tied out of that money and then when we gave that people started to it started to pour such a huge generosity in our church it broke out and then the moment i gave that it was actually 100k and you know empty account right after that and i drive back home on my way home the holy spirit puts on my heart and he said it's been 20 years you've been staff at the church i want you to now starting this next month start giving your salary away every single month and I'm like, man, I don't have any money. And then I felt the Lord say, I want you to start giving that away. And God really, this year has been the most incredible, craziest year. God has opened doors that have never been opened before. And, wow. you know, and as of today, it's what 12th month already. It's been one year. I've seen God being faithful as I practice that. So I always tell people, you know, some people, you know, preach prosperity gospel. I preach generosity gospel, the gospel that we, we live to give, we live to pray, we live to see God. And so and it's not just about deliverance. It's also about radical generosity. That's so good. Giving your salary away. Hmm. Sounds like the woman that broke the alabaster box. A year's wages she gave up. That's, That's super, it. super powerful. I'd love to hear it. So tonight, guys, we are going to be addressing criticism. This is basically general criticism we hear, um, questions you guys send in. I think I went over 400 questions I went through today and picked out about 20 of the recurring ones. And I want to make something very, very clear. This stream is not in response to a video that was made. This was not in response to so-and-so made another video. Guys, if we responded to every video, we would full-time be making response videos. So this is not a response to critics. This is a response to criticism that we get from people that send us questions like, hey, so-and-so says you guys are like this. Hey, a friend of mine says all you guys talk about is demons. Hey, a friend of mine says you guys don't believe in the Trinity. Hey, a friend of mine says you guys, so that's what we're addressing. This is not for our critics, it's for our genuine followers that are confused about maybe criticism or maybe what we believe. So what better place to hear about what we believe than from us? I mean, what better place rather than some random guy <laughs> in a basement on YouTube uh, making making money off of using our name, what better place than actually hearing it from, from the horse's mouth? So tonight, we're going to be telling you from our own mouth, you can believe us or not, 
on common criticisms or I was like, basically tell me the meanest thing you guys got in the comments. And some of y'all had some, some mean things to say, which was good. I wrote them down and we're going to be addressing those. We're big boys here. So you're not going to be able to offend us. So we're going to write those things down. It's going to be an informative video for those that we love, which is you guys. We really believe, and you guys maybe can speak to this in your little intro about criticism. I believe that God uses spiritual leaders and authorities to bring correction to his people, not random YouTubers or people that can upload a video. So for example, if God's going to correct me on a doctrine or an issue, I have pastors I'm submitted to, I have leaders that oversee me, and I believe God will use those leaders that can speak into my life, that can bring correction, that have an open voice into my life, rather than using some random guy that tagged me in a video with some clickbait video. So that's the way I believe I've told guys like Dr. Michael Brown, if you ever see anything, feel free to correct me. But even more than like a Dr. Michael Brown, I have my uncle who's been my pastor for 13 years. I have my pastor at my local church, Pastor James Bird. I have another pastor, Pastor Roy Hale, that speak into my life, that watch my content and say, hey, there's an area you need to work on, an area you need to change. So that's what I really believe. But at the end of the day, no matter what you do, and this is not just for us here, but this is for you guys as well to hear, no matter what you do, you're going to have critics. No matter what you do, someone is not going to agree with you. Someone's going to want to try to correct you. Someone's going to say what you're doing is false, whether you believe in spiritual gifts there's a camp that's going to say you're false for that. Whether you don't believe in spiritual gifts, there's going to be a camp that says you're false for that. Whether you're one saved, always saved, whether you're Trinity or not, whether you're Catholic, Buddhist, Muslim, Hindu, it doesn't matter what area of the world you're in, you're going to have critics. And the larger your platform gets, guess what? The more critics you're going to have. So we're not here to please everybody, to try to respond to everybody. You guys know, all three of us, we don't call out people by name. We don't make heresy hunter videos. We don't spend our life investigating somebody else's life and telling them that they're false. Um, I really believe that we're in a time where we have to be God pleasers, not people pleasers. Just a couple of verses I have, and then I'm going to pass over to you guys. Galatians 1.10, Paul says, for, I'm not, for, I am, for am I now seeking the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. So we, we can't please men. At the end of the day, no matter what you say or do, we can't please men. First uh, Thessalonians 2.4 says, Just as we've been approved by God and entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please men, but to please God who tests our hearts. So the Bible makes it clear. Paul says two times, mm -hmm. we're not pleasing men. We're pleasing God. And here's what he says, and God is the one who tests our hearts. So you don't have to agree with us. You don't like, you don't have to like everything we say. You don't have to agree with everything we say. But at the end of the day, we are submitted to spiritual authority. We're submitted to leaders. We're submitted to God. And we believe that not only our spiritual leaders are going to test our hearts, but God is going to test our hearts. So please tonight, don't see this as you guys must be responding to so-and-so. We literally decided, hey, we hear these things all the time. Let's address them. Let's talk about them. Let's put get the elephant in the room and talk about it. What are your guys' general thoughts on, uh, maybe I'll pass it to you, Mike, on just criticism online or responding to, to, to our critics? Yeah, it's very simple. You said so many good things, by the way. Here's what it comes mm -hmm. down to for me. If you live for their praises, you die by their criticisms. So mm -hmm. I don't live in response to people's praises either. So that, I think yeah. that's a problem. Like I, I don't preach to get applause because that's going to be a perversion of my preaching. There's times where mm -hmm. I've had to say, thus saith the Lord, and nobody claps. Nobody shouts me down. So the problem occurs when you live by their praises, you die by their criticisms. So what the reason why I can sustain the level of criticism that I've received is because I also can sustain, I can sustain the level of praises. <laughs> like we are not built mm -hmm. to absorb glory. We are built to deflect mm -hmm. it. 
And so like, mm -hmm. and so I think for me, as we're in this position of ministering and teaching the word of God and faithfully helping people understand the scriptures, there is going to be a level of glory that comes to us. People are gonna wanna tell us how incredible we are, how talented we are. But then the other side of that paradigm is people telling us how stupid we are, how ignorant we are, how wrong we are. And so for me, I think for the, and I'm really not talking to the critics tonight, by the way. So if you're watching this because you hate us and you're just waiting for the exact moment where you can make a clip out of what I say, I, I find more value tonight in teaching the ones that are gonna grab the baton, God is gonna lift up their, their level of visibility. God is gonna increase their voice in the earth because uh, he has saw fit to do so. And I would say to them, like, the best way to avoid the pitfall of being destroyed by criticisms is to also not allow your ego to be inflated by mm -hmm. praises because we are a servant of the Lord. And so for me, and here's the thing, Isaiah, I just wanna keep it 100. I'm gonna go on record right now. I spent, in my early 20s, I spent years in the Acts 29 network, which was sort of like a neo-reformed. Then I spent two years with Tim Keller Gospel Coalition here in New York City. I obviously have spent years in the charismatic Pentecostal realm. And what I learned is that this is a dog-eat-dog you know, kingdom. And we, we, we do have a tendency to turn our weapons on each other and shoot each other and murder each other. I was, I was appalled when I was in the Gospel Coalition world when I realized that they don't support each other, they hate on each other, they criticize each other. So I think there's people watching right now who might be thinking that there is some way that if Isaiah Saldivar could just word it the right way, if he could just say it the right way, he will avoid criticism. If Vlad just, just, if he didn't believe this, but he believed that, I'm telling you within denominationalism, even within the same camp, they eat each other alive. And so the question becomes, like you said, Isaiah, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 31 through 32, whoever heeds life-giving correction will be at home among the wise. Wow. So the, the, the real question mm. is, are you receiving correction, not criticism? And correction doesn't, it could come from the bottom up. I mean, scripturally, you see that Nathan rebuked Dan, uh, David mm -hmm. and David was the king. So it is possible for somebody to have voice, but he also had a position as an advisor of the king. And so higher in the hierarchy, he was below David, but also assigned to that position. And so I think for me as a lead pastor of a multi-site national church, with apostolic oversight that's all in their 70s with fruit that remains. I have lateral uh, correction. That means brothers in Christ. The two guys in the mm -hmm. chat are in this. They, they correct me. Vlad has corrected yeah. me. Isaiah has corrected me. I have correction coming from above me. And then I just had a seven-hour staff meeting with a national V1 church staff, and they also corrected me. So mm -hmm. I, I think the, the thing is it's not you're never going to escape correction. Um, but you don't have to live your life in response to criticism. It's good. Man, that's so that's good. That's so good. Festival. Man, you're dropping one-liners. I'm like, uh, can someone take notes on this? I need like a little <laughs> AI note-taking thing. That's really, really good. I love what you said about basically, you know, people say, well, how do you treat criticism? How do you treat praise? And I always say, you treat them both the same. You don't give neither of them more attention than they deserve. And so it's like, what do you think of mm -hmm. what so-and-so said about you? It's like, I don't think about it. I mean, literally, it's, it's so unhealthy to live your life worried about what everybody else says about you. And it's not just in the Christian world. It's in every sect of life. 
you're going to receive criticism no matter what. You talk too fast, you talk too slow, you right. have too much passion, you have too little passion. It's like no matter what you do, you're not going to please everybody. So we really have to get to a place where we go, okay, I'm going to be a God chaser, not a people pleaser. Because I, I can't on. chase God and please people at the same time. I can't please God mm -hmm. and fear people. I either fear God or fear people. I, I can't fear both. So we really, if God's going to elevate us to the level he wants to, and we're talking to everybody in the chat here, there's, what, 3,500 people right now, then we really got to get to a place where we go, I just don't care what people think. Yes. I got to chase God. I got to pursue God. What are your thoughts, Vlad, on general, on general criticism? I agree with both of you guys sharing so much wisdom, Pastor Mike, about the whole compliments and criticism. Really experienced that in my early days when I would get inflated with compliments. And then, you know, two weeks later, somebody said something and like, it will really bring me down. And I asked the Lord, you know, how can I cause these criticisms not to affect me? And I felt the Lord actually respond to me and he said, well, you're not, it doesn't start with criticism. It starts with your compliments. He's like, how you treat your compliments is how you will treat the criticism. Mm. And so it means don't let the compliments get into your head and the criticism will never get into your heart. Treat it like a gum. You chew it, spit it, spit it out. It's not your bread, meaning you don't draw affirmation from it, from the, criti okay. from the compliments. And then the criticism will not derail you. And that kind of became my train of thought. And then when I'm reading the Bible, um, I'm seeing, for example, Matthew 5, 11, I find that interesting. Jesus says, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. So Jesus actually mentions three forms of oppression, persecution. You know, the persecution, reviling, and being spoken evil against. It's actually a form of persecution to be criticized. Now, wow. it's possible to develop persecution complex by treating Preach. every attack as persecution, every correction as persecution. And some of the things we experience are simply a result of foolishness, stupidity, immaturity, and all of that. And we need to grow and learn. But personally, for me, criticism has really been a wonderful journey, journey to teach me to shut up, um, not react in the flesh, not to get all worked up, but to go and do what Jesus did on the cross. He didn't react yeah. to his critics. They told him, come down from the cross, prove to us. You know, wow. they're pretty much poking him. He just silent. He talked to the father. The father didn't permit Jesus to come down from the cross. And so sometimes the hardest thing to do is to respond to God in that moment. You really want to prove the point. You really want to defend yourself. You really want to want to come down from the cross. You want to come down from that place where God has you in and get something done. But God has a, His way of vindicating us by planning a resurrection three days later. So God <laughs> has a way of slapping the criticism in the face if we only stay in the lane. Now, if that criticism, of course, and you guys have mentioned that, Isaiah, if, if the criticism comes from the source of my coach, my pastor, yeah, I, I have to change. But if it comes from somebody who doesn't know me, somebody whose advice I would never take, Preach. why should I be even moved by the criticism that they make? I usually ask myself this question. I will not argue with someone who has made up his mind that I am wrong yeah. without even giving me a chance to prove or to say anything. And most of the people, they don't want to know the truth. They are committed to misunderstanding.
understanding us and therefore i don't think we need to i personally don't waste time on critics i sometimes say it's, it's kind of harsh but i treat a lot of negative um nasty um criticism against me on the same level that i treat pornography i don't come near to it i stay away from it for this reason because if i get absorbed it becomes about me and then i start believing that press it could confuse me it could cause me to start fighting back and it creates all of this thing few um about a month ago i bought this food uh, this these vitamins they're supposed to help you know like with your um sharpness of mind and all of this stuff it's some supplement stuff and uh, somebody recommended that to me so when my wife bought them i actually didn't buy them. my wife bought them she bought this brand but it was for the dogs for for animals not for humans <laughs> so I didn't check it. So I'm taking that every day and I'm every day almost puking. And I'm thinking, why is this happening to me? So after a few days, I text this guy who recommended this, um, you know, these vitamins. And I was like, hey, do you puke as well? Because I'm like, I'm literally sick from this, from this medicine that I'm taking or these vitamins that I'm taking. And he's like, no, I'm fine. I'm thinking, man, maybe I'm like, my brain is so like messed up that it's like these vitamins are, are showing the fact that I'm not doing good. <laughs> I go to the bottle and to my shock, I see that it's for the dogs, not for humans. So I'm like, oh, well, no wonder why I'm getting sick. You know what I realized that day? Those vitamins are healthy for the dogs, but they make me sick because I'm wired differently. So what could be healthy for people who love drama? That's their world. They love drama. They live. That's their world. For me, if I am a person who walks with God, drama, criticism, all of this stuff, it's a food that is poisonous and contaminated. And I got to stay away from that. So good with the sermon so good, analogies. Man. So good. Yeah, I think um, I've, I was looking through spiritual gifts the other day as I was trying to like get a sermon for it. And I realized criticism is not a spiritual gift. I, I thought it was wow. because a lot of guys, <laughs> they base their entire channel on criticizing other people. And it's easy to criticize stuff you don't do. So like if you don't do deliverance, it's yeah. easy to criticize those who do. If you don't um, witness in the street, it's easy to say, oh, street preachers are so bad. You know, if you're not praying for the sick, it's easy to criticize people and say, why doesn't everybody you pray for get healed? It's very easy to criticize what you don't do and not believe something that you don't practice. And I was like, man, I'm looking for criticism because they say, well, we're just discernment ministries. I'm like, oh, where's that in the Bible? Because again, these are the same guys that are like, we want Bible for everything. That's not in the Bible. And I'm going like, oh, their entire ministry of discernment, which is not really discernment, it's criticism, because discernment is discerning what source a spirit comes from and how a spirit functions. It's called discerning of spirits, which they don't believe in spirits. Okay, that's a whole nother topic. I got I can't go too deep here. <laughs> no, uh, but uh, Isaiah, so, someone said, I don't know if it's Mike said that or somebody said that demolition workers are disguised as construction workers. <laughs> oh, <freak>. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, right, somebody tag me listen, on Instagram. We got 25 go. questions and y'all are already going deep here. But I just realized like this is not spiritually healthy. And I know it. I know this because yeah. I made the mistake about a year ago going into comment sections of videos that were me made too. about me and i realized how vile every comment was oh look at this guy wearing glasses i thought he's a faith healer i mean it's just vile it's just making fun it's ad hominems it's all negative it's all just yeah. nothing po there's no light 
It's not right. life bringing. It's not encouraging. It's not positive. It's not, there's no reproof. There's no real godly rebuke. And then I realized, okay, and that was the last time I went into those comment sections. So I've been out of that dark world for a while now, you know, I don't want to relapse or anything, but I'm like, man, this is not a healthy thing. And then you look at the comment sections of, of godly ministers and it's, man, God changed me. God touched me. I'm witnessing there's life there. So yeah, we have to be careful that we don't allow our critics to control our voice. I listen, guys, yeah. I don't want to be soft. Even tonight, I know like even tonight as I'm talking, some of the stuff I want to tiptoe, but then I'm just like, who am I trying to please? Sometimes I feel like I'm trying to please someone that I don't even know. I don't even yeah. know what, who is yeah. like this invisible person I'm trying to please and I have to stop and go, wait, yeah. who am I even trying to please? And I, so I don't want to live my mm -hmm. life walking on eggshells. And when you start reading the comments of your critics or watching the content of your critics, you start becoming very safe. And I don't want to be safe. I want to be bold. I want to be radical. Yeah. I want to speak the word of the Lord. So we have to be very careful that we don't allow our critics to shape our calling. We got a lot of one-liners tonight, guys. I don't know. Is there something on us here? But there's Dropping just, you know, bars. But yeah, we don't want our critics Opinion, to shape us. Opinions of people are like feet and sometimes they stink. Preach, <laughs> preach. <laughs> Come yeah, on. it's like, uh, yeah, okay. So absolutely, 100%. Okay, so a major criticism we get for our ministry I want to touch on. Mm -hmm. Again, I said I had 25 questions and we're 30 minutes in on question one, but here <laughs> and over there. Uh, one of the things that we hear all the time that we're criticized about is you guys teach and you guys think everything is a demon everything's about demons you guys glorify the kingdom of darkness it seems like all you guys talk about is demonic spirits uh, i'll let you guys kick it off because i kicked off the last one and i always talk way too much but what are your guys' thoughts on that when you hear that criticism of our ministries that all we care about or worry about or talk about is darkness and demons yeah i want to step in on that one first of all here's the reality there are algorithms that push the things that people watch and as more sure. people watch it so the reality is if i do a sermon about like crucifying the flesh and spiritual disciplines which i have hundreds of them in my yep. catalog and then i do a sermon where i talk about demons it's more likely that the algorithm is going to push the demons content because quite frankly it's way more interesting than the discipline conversation so I do think that sometimes that we're, we are the victim of this social media era where you have a guy like Vlad Sofchuk that has thousands of sermons. You have a guy like Isaiah Saldivar that can cut it up about uh, so many topics, but then that there might be just a little bit of that content about deliverance and that's what they, the algorithm served you. And so what I want to start by saying is, I did go and watch quite a few, and it was a mistake, Vlad. I took the vitamins for the dogs, and <laughs> I and I watched quite a bit of content about myself, and I got probably four or five videos in from these discernment channels, and I realized they've never listened to a, one of yes, my sermons all the 100%. way through. Like, percent, like not one of them. And in and, and uh -huh. anyone from my church, and by the way, I just I also want to say I'm not an influencer. Like I've been in ministry Preach. since the late nineties. I have been mm -hmm. in the game for a while. I, I have brick and mortar buildings with actual bills that I have to pay every single month. I have staff members like the internet was sort of like the cherry on top of the thing that I've been doing for a long time. And so, and you guys can watch my movie to determine all that. But my point is I'm realizing that these people don't even watch our sermons in totality. Yep. They don't, matter of mm -hmm. fact, and I shouldn't have done this, but we're being transparent. One guy in particular, I felt like maybe I'm going to try to extend the olive branch. 
And so I got in his comment section and said, hey, I watched your video. It's very apparent you've never even watched one of my sermons, probably not even more than 10 minutes of it, but I'd love to meet with you via Zoom. Because my, th my thought, Isaiah, was that if I humanize myself and I build mm -hmm. that bridge of empathy and say, hey, here's where I'm coming from, I had an extended email exchange with that person. He's probably watching right now. And I was so disappointed at his maturity level because he repeatedly reverted back to low blows and just very weird, um, you know, cast a demon out of me. I'll go in a Zoom with you if you can cast a demon out of me. And I'm saying via, e via email, I don't Rage. believe that every Christian needs deliverance. I believe that there are some believers that don't need deliverance. They've received deliverance. Like, you know, I believe mm -hmm. it's a flesh issue. I, and I want to say this on record. If you actually attend my church and get in proximity of me, you will hear me look grown men in their eyes and say, I'm a demon slayer. I'm regarded as a quote unquote deliverance minister. And I'm looking you in the eyes and telling you, you have a flesh problem. And we have a group where we want to bring you in and be discipled by other men. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, that doesn't go viral. That's not at the forefront yep. of the algorithm. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so I think there's some of that going on. Um, I do want to say like 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, be alert and be sober of mind. And, and basically talks about the enemy prowling around like a roaring lion. So I think mm -hmm. the problem is we're alert and we're sober and we're vigilant in a world that pretends that there is no lion prowling around. Yes. And the yes. and the problem is like they think we're demon obsessed but we're actually demon aware. So like mm -hmm. the thing is you're not even aware of it. You're not even thinking about the devil. So I am aware of the flesh, but I'm also aware of the devil. And I also want to go on record cuz I'm just making my own sound bites for my own clips I'm going to put for all my own haters is the, the thing, and, and I, I really cannot say this enough, I never called myself a deliverance minister. The world called me, the, like Isaiah, like we didn't claim that. I truly believe that I was one of the few pastors of a very large church that was willing to even broach the topic of demons. And even, and here's the thing, not everything's a demon, but sometimes it is. Yes. And if I was the devil, I would try to convince people I didn't Preach. exist. And yes. these types right. of people, to right. me, I wonder if the discernment ministers are speaking out of a demon Who's from the fact of like, on? yeah, you're saying exactly what the devil would say. But here's my point. Mm -hmm. The fact that I'm even willing to do the ministry of Jesus and cast demons out got me regarded as a deliverance ministry. That shows you how powerless mm -hmm. and, and poor we are in spirit here. Yes. So here, last thing I want to say, okay, um, and I just want to be really clear about this, and I, this is on record. And heresy hunters, discernment ministers, accountability ministries, look me in my eyes while I'm saying this. I am a gospel preacher. I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I will tell you this, when you preach the gospel, and if you, if you faithfully preach it, I've preached it deep in the streets of many nations on planet Earth, demons will manifest. And you don't find Presbyterians in other nations that, that haven't encountered demons. You don't find Methodists in other nations that haven't encountered demons. You just have comfortable Caucasian American believers that are able to go to churches where they have a bagel in one hand and a coffee in another, and you get a motivational speech. And I say this all the time, but I feel like people are not listening. If you are not in a head-on collision with the devil, it is because you are both walking the same direction. If you mm. preach the gospel 
of Jesus Christ, demons will manifest at some time. And then yep. you end up will end up being confronted with the idea of, do I cast the demon out? What do I do? And in that moment of crisis, you might accidentally become a demon slayer yourself. Come on. <laughs> you, you know, Mike, it's funny because they'll say, we don't preach the gospel. We just cast out demons. Yet they don't cast out demons. And every time the gospel is preached, demons were cast out. That's so I it. wonder, I wonder mm -hmm. who's really preaching the gospel. Because I'm like, if, when the, you, if and, the byproduct of the gospel is deliverance, you're not seeing yes. any deliverance, but I'm not preaching the gospel mm -hmm. and I'm seeing deliverance. Isaiah, I preach a radical message of holiness and repentance. That's why demons are manifesting. I tell people the, I mean, the unadulterated gospel, mm -hmm. and I tell them you must give up your vices, your addiction, your drugs, mm -hmm. your alcohol. I'm calling people to deep repentance. And the craziest thing is like, that's when the most amount of demons manifest in yep. services we have. It's when I'm presenting the gospel the way Jesus presented it. And Jesus mm -hmm. was like, you're gonna have to, sometimes you're gonna have to forsake family. Sometimes you're gonna have, you know, it was so extreme. And I think what happens is this version of the gospel that we have in the United States, it sort of enables people to continue to sin. And wherever there is, and, and what we say is, oh, I'm struggling, you're struggling, we're all struggling. Bro, I don't wanna be pastored by a pastor who struggles with lust. Come like, on. I, like that's the yeah. disciples yeah. can you. struggle with things that pastors can't mm. like my, mm. when you get elevated in authority, there's double honor that's supposed to come to us, but also there's double judgment. I mean, because yeah. we are, we have a high calling. And so I think the other thing is like, you know, as we're doing this work, I'm calling people to deep repentance and I'm, I'm asking them, will, will you go and sin no more? Which was the message of, of mm -hmm. Jesus you know, and, and I think Good. that's when demons start getting disturbed by that. And then I get regarded as a deliverance minister when I'm, I'm, I'm promising y'all I'm a, I'm a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's good. Yeah. You know, I, I would, think, uh, go I'll ahead. On this pastor Mike, because you're, um, you know, you're, I, I see your teachings, you know, you teach this month, you're teaching on family and myself being a pastor as well. You know, we, we don't just talk about deliverance. In fact, I would say this year, I haven't had a sermon on deliverance in our church. Um, we see deliverances happening. It's normal and we don't glorify that. The only reason why so many people are obsessed with it is because it's so rare in yes. the circle that they're in. We, we don't see deliverance happening as something, oh my gosh, this is so incredible. Healing is the same way as deliverance, as somebody, uh, you know, um, families being restored. It's just the work of God, the finger of God, the kingdom of God coming on the scene and I think it's because it's so rare and that demonization is so domesticated yes. it's so normalized that when somebody gets delivered it's kind of like when you spend a lot of time in the dark and somebody turns on the light you go ah oh, that hurts and the problem isn't with the light the problem is you just been really too long in the dark and so the issue that I see with us why sometimes the criticism can come up against us and I know you guys um, for example, the, the number one video on my YouTube channel is not deliverance. It's what kind of sex is allowed in marriage. Now, nobody complains about that one, though. <laughs> you know, everybody's complaining about the, the demons. He's just focused so much on demons. It's just like Pastor Mike mentioned, there's a lot of traction because of the algorithm. But if you check on the amount of time on prayer and fasting, um, uh, avoiding the the desires of this world, the flesh and all of the stuff and, and other things that are covered, it's all over um, the YouTube channel. But one thing that I would highlight is this, is 
I think the problem that happens is that our worldview is a warfare worldview. Yeah. Where we see that in this world, there's good versus evil, God versus the, the plans of the enemy. And so we see the church as a like a warship. We see ourselves as yep. spiritual soldiers. We would rather be warriors in a garden than gardeners in war. We see Come life on. as a war not as a playground so because our world view is not a blueprint world world view which blueprint world view pretty much says this everything is decided by god you have you're pretty much are a spectator you cannot change anything shut up sit down if you're right. sick god willed it if you died early god willed it if you tormented god willed it everything god willed it. there's nothing you can do about it and that blueprint worldview crashes with the worldview of warfare where jesus healed the sick because god didn't will people to be sick jesus cast out demons god didn't will for them to be tormented jesus stopped the storm god didn't will for that storm to to come jesus raised the dead because god didn't will for people to die prematurely so jesus was god revealing his will on this earth and therefore i am a soldier in a battle I am not just a person on the vacation. So that's a worldview that I hold. And because of this worldview, I see evil in this world as something that I'm at war with, not something that I'm trying to discern if this is God's will or not. I know this is not God's will and I fight against that. This does not mean that everything is a demon, but it does mean my life on this earth is war. Right. Yeah, that's really good. I was just thinking about that, Vlad. I was looking at my videos. I have 1,700 videos, and my deliverance playlist has like 40 or 50 videos out of 1,700. Right. So I, I think that wow. the reason why we also have to talk about it so much is because pastors talk about it so little. So like yep. I tell pastors, so when you that's start true. talking about it, I'll stop talking about it. And the only reason why you're mad I'm talking about it is because you don't want to deal with it. Something that you don't want to deal with, you don't want to fight, you don't want to acknowledge. So no, not everything is a demon. We've all said it here, but really the devil has so little resistance in the church. Like we say we're at war, but then most Christians aren't fighting anything but each other. So I wonder like, what is the mm. war we're actually fighting? Where is the resistance? And then for those of you that don't believe in deliverance, I want you to read Matthew 12, 28, very slow. And it says this, but if I am, ca-, this is Jesus speaking, our commander in chief. If I am casting out demons by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. Let me say that right. again. Mm-hmm. If I'm casting out demons by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. So if the casting out of demons is the arrival of God's kingdom, why are you mad about that? Like I, it blows my mind to like, I look at guys like, oh, these guys are casting out demons. They shouldn't be doing this. I'm thinking like, dude, whose team are you on? Cause you're wearing our Jersey, but you're scoring in the other team's basket. So I'm wondering like, whose side are you on? Who are you really fighting for? I think what's happened in the church and I'll move on after I say this, we've gone so long living comfortably with demons. When someone tries casting them out, it makes us mad. We're so used to it. I really believe that demons are more comfortable in the church than the Holy Spirit. I think we've made demons comfortable and the Holy Spirit uncomfortable instead of making demons uncomfortable and the Holy Spirit comfortable. Like I want to be in a church where demons are threatened and Jesus is exalted, not where, you know, Jesus isn't allowed to do what he wants to do. And I think at times Mm -hmm. now we have really made everything the flesh that's not the flesh. Guys, a voice telling you to take your life is not your flesh. Let's just get that Mm -hmm. straight. Pastors saying, pastors saying, 
and these are some big name guys. I won't name them. I want to, but I'm going to bite my tongue that hearing a voice telling you you're worthless, telling you you're no good. I had a pastor like, yeah, there's voice, a big name pastor. Yeah, it's normal to have a voice telling you you're worthless. It's normal to t have a voice telling you. And I'm going like, dude, where is that in the Bible? It's right. normal to have the voice of God telling you you're more than a conqueror. You're more than able. You're an overcomer. You're called, you're anointed, you're appointed. I love you. That's normal. It is not normal yeah. to have a voice tell you, you should just take your life and end it here. And they tell you, you're going to fight this your whole life. No, I don't want to have to fight this my whole life. If Jesus cast out demons literally everywhere, and let's just, Jesus starts his ministry, Mark 1, casting out demons. Jesus cast out demons everywhere he went. Jesus yeah. enlisted in Luke 10, the 72 to cast out demons. Jesus enlisted the disciples in Matthew 10, the 12 disciples to cast out demons. Mark 16 says all believers will cast out demons. Acts chapter 8, they continue casting out demons with preaching the gospel. So my thing is you can't focus on deliverance and not focus on Jesus because it's literally what he does. So it's an oxymoron to say, right. you guys focus too much on deliverance and not enough on Jesus. Like brother, that is an oxymoron. It's impossible. If you focus on Jesus, deliverance will happen. And if you focus on deliverance, Jesus will be exalted. No one walks out of a deliverance service saying, praise the devil. We really love the devil. No one ever has done that. When Jesus casts out <laughs> demons, because he's the one that does it, his kingdom gets exalted. His mm -hmm. kingdom gets glory. His kingdom gets praise. And Satan gets crushed like a can. So I don't know why. Like, I still, well, I know why. I'll just say it. It's demonic. It's demonic spirits encouraging pastors to hate on the ministry of Jesus. Let me say that again. They Maybe they missed the clip there. They're like, oh, we forgot to record that. For those that are going to make videos, let me say it again. It's demonic <laughs> spirits encouraging pastors to hate casting out demons. The only one that would hate deliverance and casting out demons is a demon. I don't, I don't know what else to say. You think Jesus is up there going, oh, I hate that these guys are casting out demons in my name. Because we already know when the disciples came to him and said, hey, there's a group of guys casting out demons over there. Should we stop them? If God wanted deliverance to stop, that would be the scripture where Jesus says, stop this, right. shut it down. But what does God, mm -hmm. Jesus say? Don't stop them. No one that does a miracle in my name will speak bad about me. So Jesus mm -hmm. loves deliverance. Just be honest. You don't like it. You just get on your video and say, I hate that these guys are casting demons, but don't try to use the name of God to say it's wrong when all throughout scripture, we have scripture on our side, you don't. All throughout scripture, Jesus dealt with demons. So I think, here's what I think, okay? I think we need to talk about it more. Yes, Isaiah Saldivar is saying this. I think we need to talk about it more. I don't think there's enough videos on it. I don't think there's enough pastors that are getting up preaching on this and teaching on this. And I see, I see a world in bondage while a church is sleeping. I really do. Yeah. I, I people is everything demonic? Well, listen, I'll stop saying everything's demonic when everything stops being demonic. Every yeah. trending song's demonic. Every celebrity's out here promoting a demonic agenda. Like guys, every Super Bowl show, everything is demonic. And yet, Pastor, it's not all demonic. It's it's all spiritual. We're in a spiritual world. So yeah, I could go all night on this. I'm just so frustrated by this weak, anemic pastoral leadership in America that doesn't think spiritual warfare is real when it really is. It's really going on right now. Does anybody else want to Well, I just want to say, you know, no, I just want you're you're on fire, light straight up lighting it up. But if I were to bring some of these people in right now just to like voice what I've heard them say, it's almost like they're so worried that by casting demons out of people that we are going to create people who are obsessed with deliverance. And that mm -hmm. is possible, but I also know people who are obsessed with worship. 
and all Preach. they do is soak in worship all day. I know people who are obsessed with reading the Bible, but not doing the Bible. I know people mm -hmm. like the, the thing is like they don't it's it's weird because they don't apply the same logic to other things within Christianity as they do to deliverance. It's like, oh, well, I don't want all these weird people who all, the only they always think it's a demon. They want demon. Here's the thing. Why do you trust the Holy Spirit in you, but not in them? Why, why it's like, and I think that's the bigger, the bigger issue is they're like, no, I'm okay with Isaiah casting out a few demons. What I'm not okay with is he emphasizes deliverance so much that he's making everybody obsessed with it. And my response to them is if you believe that Christ is being preached, if you believe that mm -hmm. Christ is being glorified, you have to trust the same Holy Spirit in you is the same Holy mm -hmm. Spirit in them, and those things will be worked out. But there's just this weird control that they want where they want to tell us how to do it. They've never had a church, never had a congregation, never been, been in leadership. And, it, and in a weird way— Never done deliverance. It, yeah, never done deliverance. It becomes the same spirit behind the, the rainbow community that says, I want to teach you how to raise kids, but I can't have kids. And I think that mm. same spirit Go that's ahead. behind the alphabet community is behind a lot of these, these false ministries because it's like they want to tell us to how to raise kids but can't make them. They're spiritually impotent. I'm out there like leading people to Christ, my entire church, and I want to go on record. And I, it's why I'm trying to get this stuff out because I'm just going to send people to this video when it's over. Like I started my church with 18 people and all of them we led to Christ. They were Muslims, Hindus, atheists, and agnostics, and Catholics, and never had a church before. We were doing the work of evangelism, but when you lead people to Christ, who have been heavily involved in new age and occult practices, they might need a demon cast out of them, you know, a couple of them. When you have people who rampant sexuality, who are on dating apps and, and allowing people to use their body when people are, you know, and I, I, I for the sake of the al algorithm, like they are victims of SA. And some of you know what I'm talking about. They've been abused in these ways. There are, and these are these things. And I think what it is, Isaiah, and I'm so passionate about this is me and Vlad and Isaiah carry the ministry of compassion. You all call it deliverance. I call it compassion. I'm holding mm -hmm. drug users in my arms as they're yep. detoxing and we've taken needles out of their apartment. Those people need deliverance. Yep. I've held people where they've brought the rope that they were going to end their life with and said, I decided not to do this because I'm not going to listen to the voice of this demon Come of suicide. On. And so it's like when wow. you get that close, like how many of these people have smelled like urine, have smelled like feces? When yep. have you cried with those who are crying, mourned with those who have mourned, like, mm -hmm. and melt the humanity coming off of them. So, you know, I'm really mm -hmm. passionate about this. Like yep. maybe it's easy for you, preacher, pastor watching right now to just say, oh, I'm, I think Vlad's going to make everybody obsessed with demons. But if you got a little bit closer to your congregation members and you actually got them to tell you the truth about what they do when they're at home and not at your church, you would believe in casting out demons too. Come on, come on, you know, absolutely. Plus Jesus said, Pastor Mike, you know, Jesus said uh, that deliverance is children's bread. Come on. And so if we don't offer deliverance to God's children, then what, what are they going to get it? Yep. You know, how come the greatest deliverance story of the Old Testament was God delivering a nation. He was, it was his people he was delivering. Preach, so preach. Why, why is it not allowed? 
why is God's people deprived from that if Jesus purchased their freedom on the cross and we're not allowed to share that with them I feel like that's not that not only that's not fair that lacks compassion yeah. like uh, you mentioned Pastor Mike and a lot of times I think we don't see that deliverance because when Jesus came from the wilderness after he was tempted by the devil the Bible says he came in the power of the Holy Spirit the demons started to manifest he didn't go chasing yep. demons he didn't go looking for that's them. right nor was he trying to establish himself as a as an exorcist he simply as Acts chapter 10 says God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good healing all who were oppressed by the devil and that's what we're trying to do we're trying to walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit to do good and minister to people and so happens as we're ministering these demons manifest so what are we going to yeah. do we're going to tell them no all of this is in your head just practice mental gymnastics you know all of these things that you're experiencing somebody's raping you during the night these dreams that you're experiencing all of that is in your head all you have to do is just pray more fast more most of these people have fasted and prayed more than we have and the reason so true. why they came to that realization is because they're so desperate and to not yeah. offer that to them it's just lacking pastoral compassion and it's not that we're saying in here waving a flag we have more more compassion than other people it's just we have seen that that counseling therapy and discipline does not drive a demon that's right counseling is helpful therapy is important discipline is important uh cutting different things small groups is important important discipleship is important but if they are not delivered they would be like Lazarus they came out of the tomb tied up the Bible says Lazarus was raised from the dead but tied up he Come couldn't on. walk freely and that's exactly what's happening to people it's just because we teach that that people should be tied up none of them will confess it to us but in reality they're struggling and they come to ministries like ours looking for help yeah so good all right, we're going to move a little bit faster here just because we are on question number three and we're an hour in. But these are all, that was probably the biggest topic we need to discuss and yeah. talk about because it's the number one most common. Over 100 people sent that question in. So it's important that we talk about it. I want to quickly say and nullify this idea because I hear this a lot. It's a criticism we got. These are all response to what you guys sent, criticism you hear about us, is the idea that we're just these online pastors and we became famous recently. And before that, we were, we were in obscurity. So I just want to ask how long you guys have been preaching and pastoring for me it's been 13 years i've been faithfully preaching the gospel and pastoring um so the idea that i'm new i just popped up and i just started preaching uh like two years ago is not true i've been preaching since 2011 mike when did you, how long have you been preaching for and pastoring just so people well, don't hey, think yeah oh, you're just this real quick that popped up yeah listen i want to honor you isaiah because you don't have to be a youtuber Isaiah, you're one of the greatest preachers that I've ever sat under in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And when you get up there, the room thunders and the anointing and the favor of God is on your life. You don't have to be a YouTuber. We are blessed that we get to spend time with you on Thanks, YouTube man. because we have a digital window into your world. But the truth is you could be successful doing anything. Vlad, you're absolutely brilliant. I mean, in, you guys could do anything you want to do. And I think that's what people don't understand. Like the success that we experience online is really an attribute of our life because we have a spirit of excellence. You know, Daniel, Joseph, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, there's a template in the kingdom for this anointing of excellence and doing things. Guys, the amount that Vlad studies, the amount that Isaiah studies, the amount that the conversations we have via text is I need more time in the secret place. 
I mean, the amount of time these guys pray. So I just want to pause and say that for a moment. Thanks, we got listed as influencers. That was not the goal. We're all accidental. But I want I want to drop this on somebody who needs to hear it. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. And I think this is the verse on all of our lives. It says, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish mm -hmm. your plans. So when we, when we say, okay, you know what? I didn't want to be a YouTuber. I didn't want to be an influencer, but I see hurting, dying, lost people in countries and nations and in little villages and spread out through the United States that don't have healthy churches, that don't have people that will tell them the truth. And out of that compassion, I'm going to do it. We're going to commit it to the Lord and say, this belongs to you, God. The, Vlad literally said, I'm going to give the Lord 100K. This money belongs to you. You know, everything you guys have, you committed to the Lord. Then he establishes you. And I think, and I'm going to end on this, people who don't understand what I just said because they've never fully committed to the Lord, it's possible to have a ministry you never com committed to the Lord. It's possible to have ministry channels on social media you never committed to the Lord. Matter of fact, you made that stuff to commit it to yourself. And mm -hmm. therefore, you've never... So people ask me all the time, how do you go viral? I don't know. I know how to commit my stuff to the Lord and live in obscurity and be people's armor bearers for years when they never asked me to preach. My wife was reminding me the other day, I didn't even have a website and I want to go on record and say this for years and years. I had no way to give, no 501c3. I would go, one, my wife would go to Plato's closet. She reminded me this yesterday and mm. sell her clothes, give me the $50. I would fly to Latin American countries, and then my goal the whole time I'm ministering to thousands of people with, would be to, how could I get back to America with this $50 to give my wife her money back that, from the clothes that she sold so that I can go do ministry? So, of course, if that's who I am in secret, when I turn my camera on and I start preaching, there's going to be oil on that preaching. And some of y'all are mad that I got 1.5 million views on a video I did on my cell phone, but it has nothing to do with the cell phone. It has everything to do with the secret place. And, and so I just, I just went, I've been preaching since uh, 1997, I think. You know, I have a crazy turbulent story. You know, Vlad interviewed. He had a whole Oprah moment he did with me where he got me all emotional and, told, you know, my story. But I just want to quickly say that, you Thank know, you, I've man. been in the game for a You're long time. you emotional over here. Yeah, well, but you know what? It's like, because I think that this for me is like, everybody's coming out of the closet. It's time for me to come out. Like, this is oh. who I really am. You guys, you guys are not going to make me into something I'm not. And I dare you to actually attend my church. I dare you to actually listen to our stuff. I dare you to come a little closer. And I think that's why Jesus said, hey, Nicodemus, I'll meet you in the middle of the night because then you're going to look me in the face and then now tell me what they say. And I think for us, it's like that invitation, like come a little closer because these guys in this, this, this YouTube video are dripping with oil and they're the real deal. And that's why I rock with them. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that. Mike, and th gonna, those in the comments that are saying the audio is cutting... Sorry, real quick. Those that are saying the audio is cutting on YouTube, just refresh. The audio is clear on our OBS. It's clear on Facebook. It's a YouTube issue. Recently, they've had issues. If you're on YouTube and it's cutting, just refresh. Go ahead, Vlad. I'm sorry. I had to address Pastor that. Pastor Mike, I just want to also, you're such an encourager. Like, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but as we're even live streaming, Pastor Mike takes every opportunity to say something. And like, you're, you're encouraging me, man. I'm going to walk out of this stream feeling better about myself. Uh, every time I'm discouraged, I just need to call Pastor Mike. He's yes. uh, really just has a gift 
of encouragement. I had the opportunity to be in his house, have the opportunity to be in his church with his team. And I can testify that, um, you know, he is not a YouTuber. He is a pastor. He loves yeah. people. And all of these things are just an overflow. Same thing with Isaiah. Isaiah was against social media. Right. I remember I had a conversation with him when he was preaching in our church because he was like bashing social media. I can tell you one thing. That would be the last thing on his mind than to, to do this thing that he's doing. But the Lord led him and the Lord blessed it. Um, and in my end, I was on the local TV, local um, community channels when I was like still had a hard time pronouncing English words. Wow. And I wasn't doing that because I was trying to be on TV. It's because I knew people watch those community center channels in the gym. They watch them in retirement homes because they were free channels. And I wanted to reach people for Jesus because I saw that that's an opportunity. You go fishing. Evangelism is like fishing. You go where the fish is. And so people were watching TV. So that's where we went. People are watching stuff online. That's where we went. I started to preach at um, as a youth pastor every week at 16 but the first time I started preaching was actually 13 then 14 but I am four generations of um, preachers uh, my great-grandfather set in jail for the cause of Christ my great-grandfather on wow. my father's side was healed of leprosy uh, when wow. missionaries came to the village and then he became a pastor there and so it kind of runs in the blood, you know, like Jesus can live in your heart, but your great grandpa lives in your blood. And so that I'm not saying that I am in ministry because of that, but I do believe there's a lot of influence, their sacrifice, their martyrdom, their death. I do believe has kind of caused that generational even pull and blessing. And so I stand on, stand on their shoulders and I was committed to the ministry. Some of you know my story is that I struggle with insecurity. I had a very difficult birth because of that. I had two eye surgeries. Uh, cut the whole thing short. I didn't want to live at the age of 13. I asked God to take my life. I felt like I was an accident. I had extreme migraine headaches, chronic insecurities. And instead of taking my life, I laid it down and I said, Jesus, whatever you can make of me. I was so scared of people. I would skip a keyboarding class in my freshman high school because I was scared of standing in front of a group of people. Wow. So the preaching part for me, it didn't come because I wanted to be a preacher. It's just because I fell in love with Jesus. He, he changed me. And the very thing I was so scared of doing, he led me to do. And he's using it for the glory. And um, and yeah, so, so it didn't happen overnight. Uh, it has been a few decades that we've been doing this. So good. So powerful. Um, I want to talk about this one. Someone said, and again, these are responding to questions we got sent from people that, you know, are that follow us. They say many people call you guys heretics or false teachers over secondary issues. Can you please explain what a secondary issue is? So really quick, I'll explain this and then we can move on. A primary issue in the Christian faith would be things, for example, the virgin birth. Okay, that's not secondary. We all need to agree Jesus was born of a virgin yes. or the sinlessness of Christ. We all need to agree Jesus was sinless. Uh, Christ's death, his burial, his resurrection. These are the orthodox beliefs. You can't teach Jesus didn't rise from the dead and still be considered a biblical, you know, Bible Christian teacher. So these are things we have to agree on. Another thing would be like salvation by faith alone, the authority of scripture. Those are primary. Secondary issues are things like the timing of the rapture, okay? That's not a salvation issue, whether you believe in pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib. That doesn't predicate your salvation. It's not salvific. It's not a saving doctrine. Uh, what else would be secondary? What day to worship? Do we worship Saturday or right. Sunday? Or the gifts being for today or not? Believe it or not, people that are cessationists, they don't believe the gifts are for today, does not mean they're not saved. I still consider them mm -hmm. brothers, even though 
just for the record, they probably don't consider me a brother. I consider them a brother. It's a secondary issue. Old earth creationism versus young earth creationism is secondary. Okay. Deliverance is a secondary issue. So if -hmm. we teach deliverance or let's say we believe Christians can have demons, that's a big point of contention that doesn't make us heretics because it's not a primary issue. We agree on the primary issues of the virgin birth, the sinlessness of Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection, salvation by faith alone, um, the authority of scripture. These are what make you a false teacher if you don't believe those. So you can't say we're false teachers just because we don't believe in every single doctrine you believe in. And one of the big issues we have right now in the body of Christ is we're dividing over secondary issues when we shouldn't be dividing yeah. over secondary issues. So I wanted to clear that up. Yeah. You guys have any thoughts on that? And we can move well, on. Well, I, I want to just publicly announce, because I didn't know that this was even debatable. I believe in the Trinity. So can we just put Go that ahead. on the yeah, record? We have that down for tonight as Thank well. You. It's in the bylaws the of my through, church. Yeah. Now, the other thing too is like in psychology, you know, there's different terminologies. Then they get embraced by the masses. So for example, like gaslighting gaslighting is a real phenomenon and it's it's a term but as soon as the term gaslighting got embraced by the masses and everybody starts using it they're not using it correctly yes. anymore right in the same way calling someone a wolf or a heretic there are heretical teachings there yes. are people who are categorically wolves but right now it's popular to call people wolves and heretics so a lot of you, and I, you know, you need to basically go through a base. You need to go through hermeneutics. You need to learn the authorial intention of Scripture, the historical context of Scripture, and you need to learn Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic, the, the like as related to the Scriptures, and really get a firm foundation because you're going in the comment section calling people heretics that definitionally are not heretical at all. You're, you, and so I, the scripture that I think comes to mind with this question, Isaiah, is Romans chapter 14. I immediately went to Romans 14 because the first verse, and I think that this is like a, how the apostle was responding to a very similar issue. Um, basically, it says, accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. So it basically says like, hey, the, it was. This is the first verse in the 14th chapter, except the one whose faith is weak. Mm. So he's saying you're going to have to embrace them. Uh, be, why? Because probably they're rejecting them. So the command is given, okay, don't reject, accept. And then it says without. So don't quarrel over disputable matters. So there were disputable matters in the first century, yes. and there's disputable disputable matters in the 21st mm-hmm. century, and we we have to embrace each other, uh, especially if we align on Orthodox Christian, like historic Orthodox mm-hmm. doctrine, without quarreling. And what is quarreling? Quarreling is not a discussion. Quarrel, like like I I have children, and and I know when my children are having a discussion and when they're quarreling. Okay. And so I think a lot uh-huh. of what you're seeing online is not a conversation. It's not a discussion. It's quarreling. And, and we're actually prohibited, according to Romans 14, for quarreling over disputable matters. And so I'm just trying to bring, but again, th- what I just said, it's not going to go viral. No, no. <laughs> so, like, it won't get covered the, either. Yeah, it's not going to get news coverage. It's not going to get blogged about. Why? Because it's not salacious. And and I think anybody you guys follow, and I want to give you wisdom, anybody that you follow that can only primarily get views on their content when it's related to drama, if drama is the primary driver for the views that they get, then I, I think you need to ask yourself, are they a Bible teacher or are they like, a, a, like I, I don't know. 
Yeah, to Christian TMZ. And so for me, mm. I don't want to be remembered as Christian tabloids. Yeah, Like I want people to say he faithfully taught the word of God. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm the president of a Bible college. <laughs> like I, that I serve as a president of a Bible college. And I think sometimes people, you know, oh, Mike, da, da, da. And I, I kind of waited till tonight to say this, but, you know, they take these sound bites and and like so one person will make a soundbite like and then the and then people will make a 30 minute to 1 hour video of a 60 second blurb of what i said I got like lots i think of one those. of yeah and one of the big one was i said like it's possible for a prophet to be an error to prophesy an error and and i stand by that i mean it's we are human beings and I and if we if if we prophesy something, you know, and I, obviously I believe in new covenant prophecy, which is primarily exhortation, encouragement, et cetera. But it's possible to get it wrong unintentionally, be repentant, be teachable and correctable, and then to, you know, and the example that I gave even old covenant, and but again, people don't care about this. They don't want to have a conversation, they want to quarrel. And, and so when you look at Samuel, the prophet of Samuel was regarded as one of the greatest prophets, you know, ever to the nation of Israel. He, he showed up to Jesse's house to anoint the new king. He saw the firstborn, and the Bible says in his heart he believed he was the one and was going to anoint him, and God had to correct Samuel and say, no, there's another. And so it's like Samuel was operating within the realm of his own humanness. And of course, he still made the right decision by by David, but we see a template where um, we're human. And so my point being, they'll take that one thing that I said, and there's a whole human being connected to it with a wife and kids and a whole church and infrastructure of my life, and they will reduce me to a soundbite and not give me an opportunity. What about Jeremiah who said how many years were that Israel was going to be in exile, but they were in exile at least one year longer than he said? That's a classic theological debate. Was he wrong? You know, so, but again, they don't, and this is a thing, they take something complex and they reduce it down to simple. And I and I yeah. think that's the era we're living in is where 60 seconds is yeah. taking the complexity of something that theologians have spent you know decades trying to disseminate and work on and reducing it and it to me it's a lot of pride it's a lot of arrogance and yeah. um, it's really evil at so, its root. So you're telling but, me people that make their living off of calling other people false would deceive someone and lie about someone? That's, <laughs> that's hard to believe. Sorry, go ahead, Vlad. Sorry. I would break um, the preaching into three categories. I call it fresh, fast food, and false. The fresh is what you guys are mentioning, glorifies Jesus, orthodox teaching. The fast food, sometimes it's things that make you feel good, uh, more like a motivational speech than the preaching of the gospel. It's actually not wrong when it capitalizes on one topic or one doctrine over another one in the scripture. And this is my proof. Book of Acts chapter 20, 27, Paul says, I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. That tells yeah. me not every preacher declares the whole counsel of God. Some people will preach 80% of the whole counsel of God as it relates to faith, fasting, prayer, sin. They don't touch subject like healing, right. gifts of the Holy Spirit, deliverance. That's not a problem. That Paul doesn't in here say that those who don't declare the whole counsel of God somehow are now heretics or for example Acts chapter 18 verses 24 to 28 we see that there was Apollos he was an eloquent man mighty in the scriptures 
and he preached in Ephesus. And the Bible says he was fervent in spirit, spoke accurately about things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. It's interesting. Yeah. If he would have been today, there would have been videos made, Apollos, a false teacher, yeah. because he only taught the baptism of John. Yet Priscilla and Aquila pulled him together to the side, and instead of calling him a false prophet or false teacher, they give him some little tweaks, and then he's going now and preaching the whole counsel of God. And so to go in and label somebody that we don't disagree, that, that we disagree with, maybe somebody that wears ripped jeans, has a tattoo or earrings or, or whatever, or they don't highlight one topic or highlight the other topic, overemphasize one, underemphasize somebody else, does not make them a false teacher. We have to look at 2 Peter chapter 2, where Peter yeah. actually breaks down what it means to be a false teacher. They're secretive in their approach. They deny Jesus Christ. They glory in Christian freedom, but they actually are indifferent to the Christian duty. They take advantage of their followers to enrich themselves. So pretty much they are the ones that reject Jesus as the way to salvation, reject the Bible as the word of God, and they are false teachers. And so we need to stop with this whole false teacher. Anything we don't like, anything that doesn't agree yep. with us is right away a heretic. Right. Yeah, and if you're following a channel that everyone else that preaches is false but them that yeah. would be more uh that would fall in line with a cult leader cult leaders That's say good. everybody else is wrong i'm the right one so yeah when i look at a channel and 100 videos are a face of every preacher that i could think of as being false except the preacher that's uh running the channel is terrible and like you said the bottom line is you can either build a following organically or you can build a following off the back of calling someone else false and it's easier to get views by saying mike signorelli is false than it is to say i'm going to teach today on the the cross of jesus christ it's much easier to use something that's <laughs> eccentric that's going to use the algorithm that people are searching his name now they find your video i don't want to go into a long thing on that but yeah just be very careful listening to preachers that the everybody else is false but them because you might be following a cult leader okay I want to address this next uh, criticism. And that person said, I've heard people say they left or they got kicked out of the Demon Slayer group. Ooh, drama, Ooh. bubbles. Um, I've heard people say, can you guys uh, can you guys talk about this? Yes, I will make the record clear and you guys can add it on here and have a Isaiah scripture to give you guys. almost kicked me out, guys. Confession. Yeah, Vlad, Vlad's almost got kicked out a few times. He takes dog medicine once in a while. And I was like, hey, bro, you know, we can't be I was also German a victim. We can't have yeah, German shepherds on the broadcast. Um, so, okay, so really quick. Number one, no one's ever gotten kicked out of the Demon Slayer group. Number two, no one's ever left the Demon Slayer group because, drum roll, there is no Demon Slayer group. The cat's out of the bag. All right, guys, there's no Demon Slayer group. There's no um, a part of a clique or part of a tribe or initiation. We don't go like in a dark room and say, how many demons have you cast out? You're now a part of the Demon Slayer group. There's no applications to be a part of the Demon Slayer group. This is the Demon Slayer group and how it started. It was literally me, Pastor Vlad, Pastor Mike, and Apostle Alexander Pagani. We all together were in a group text. We formed a brotherhood. We were texting each other every day. One of us, I don't remember if it was me, one of you guys, I don't remember, jokingly changed our group text because we were talking about deliverance specifically on a podcast to the Demon Slayer podcast. And then we joked about it during a live stream. We joked like, yeah, our group chat is the Demon Slayers. It's a complete joke. People started making flyers, posting about it, and then saying, when's the next Demon Slayer podcast? And right. we jokingly said, all right, we'll call it the Demon Slayer podcast. I don't even know. I don't even know what the definition of a slayer is. 
I don't even know what the word slayer means, but I thought, hey, it's cool. People are calling us that. We'll let the people decide. That's the Demon Slayers. There's no special group, guys. There's no, oh, I left that group. No, you didn't leave the group because there's no group to leave. You can't leave a group that there isn't. Of. Right. So yeah, when you guys see like, We've had podcasts with other guys that I won't mention everybody's names, but other guys. We had a podcast once with nine of us. I think yeah. we had like Jenny mm -hmm. and Julie and Rickard, and we had a nine group, okay? The, and it was a Demon Slayer podcast. Again, just because they're not on every week doesn't mean they got kicked out of a group. And I don't want to laugh about this because I know people have feelings and all that, but when people say I left the group, I just it, it makes me cringe a little bit because I'm like, there was no group to leave. Like, how could you leave a business when there was no business to leave? So yeah, that's the group. We're brothers. We text every single day. I genuinely love these guys. These are not coworkers, co-laborers, or pastors. These are literally my brothers that I'll, I'll, I'll land on the sword for these guys. Really, I will. And uh, we text every day. So that's the Demon Slayer group. No one's left. No one's, uh, and I'll point you guys really quickly to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where Paul basically says, am I a follower of Paul? Another says, I'm a follower of Apollos. And then Paul says, you're all acting like the world. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He says, if you start yeah. saying, I'm of Mike Signorelli, I'm a follower of Isaiah Saldivar, I'm a follower of Vlad, I'm a follower of Pagani, this is my group or my clique, or, or how about this? I'm a follower of the Demon Slayers. Let me just say this. You are carnal, if that's how you talk. You are carnal. Right. Bible Come says on. that's you being controlled by your sinful nature. And then Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, 5, after all, who is Apollos? Who is Isaiah Saldivar? Who is Mike Signorelli? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants whom believe the good news. And then he says, each of us did the work God gave us. Some planted seed, some watered, but God made it grow. And then he says this, guys, 1 Corinthians 3, 7, look what he says. This is Paul. It is not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is God makes the seed grow. The one who plants mm -hmm. and the one who waters, they work together for the same purpose and both will get rewarded for their work. We're both God workers. We're God's filled and you're God's building. In other words, here's the thing. Doesn't matter if you're right. of this group. Oh, I follow this guy. And I won't mention names other than ours for the sake of you guys are going to clip yeah. it and say, I just calling them out. No, no, no. Paul says none of that matters. Doesn't matter if you're part of Mike's group, you're part of Vlad's group, you're part of the deliverance map, you're part of the core group, you're part of Jenny's. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. You're carnal if you think that matters. What matters is we're all laborers. We're all achieving the same purpose. Some of us are watering. Some of us are planting. Some of us, it feels like are uprooting, but I won't go into that. We're all just working. We're all trying to work and yeah. to labor. The only thing that matters, and we're on record here tonight addressing all of this, is God. He's the one that brings the increase. It is all about God. I had this whole thing to read. I won't read. We're all one body with the same purpose, and that's to glorify and lift up Jesus' name. So, yeah, there's no factions here. We're not creating no subculture, no group. You can't join the Demon Slayers. If you want to be a Demon Slayer, just cast out demons. And you are, we're right now, we are officially announcing that you are all Demon Slayers, okay? Yeah. So, yeah, I want to just dispel that of the, oh, I left the Demon Slayers. I got kicked out. Uh, that's not true, but go ahead, Mike. I know you're, well, it, well, it's like anonymous, like everybody's anonymous and no one's anonymous. Right. So you guys are demon slayers if you want to be, but I want to address something that's connected to this because, you know, like I had mentioned before, I have a multi-site national church here in the United States with locations everywhere. And, you know, this question comes to me a lot. And so there's this concept of death by association where it's almost like, or, you know, it's like, because you were connected with blank, like, hey, I'm cool with you, Isaiah, but because you did something with blah, 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 or hey, Pastor Mike, like, I'm cool with you, but, but let me just tell you, and, and I, and I want to go on record by saying this, 
there are times where for a season I was aligned with someone and then they publicly changed their position on something. Yes. And then I, I chose to disengage publicly, even though I remain connected relationally. And people don't understand that. Like they don't understand the concept of chapters. Like just because somebody was in a chapter of my life doesn't mean that they're going to stay throughout the entire plot to the end of the book. Mm -hmm. And so like, it's possible that I was aligned with somebody in a previous season and they changed their stance, even if I didn't change mine, which, right. which because of my convictions, I said, you know, it might not be right. So please understand that. The other thing too, though, and I want to go even more like aerial perspective, like just big picture macro right now. You know, I think what I tried to live out even in front of my own congregation was how could we find unity among diversity? And sometimes the best mm. way to influence somebody is through proximity, through closeness. And yeah. so sometimes if I felt like, hey, I don't agree with everything that this person teaches, but I don't mm -hmm. think it's outside of Orthodox Christianity. I don't think they're a heretic. These are mm -hmm. secondary issues. Maybe if I get close enough to them, there's this, maybe there's something orphaned in them, broken in them. Maybe they've never mm -hmm. had a man of God. Like I think my, to, to a lot of the critics and a lot of the discernment ministries or whatever you want to call them, like the thing that I never see them try is bringing somebody closer in proximity and influencing them that way. Everything to them has to be murder. It has to be assassination, their character assassination. So sometimes I've even partnered with people in ministry, and, and I'm going to straight up go on record. There's been times where I've even told somebody, I want you to come to my, this, this campus, and I'm going to invite you to minister. We don't broadcast from that location, and I want to bring you close so that I can show you what I'm talking about. And I, I think like if I've been guilty of anything, and I'm saying this on record, I've been guilty of giving people a chance. I've been mm. guilty of trying to bring people closer as a brother and influence them that way. I've been guilty of believing the best even if I see the worst. And I think sometimes it's so yeah. crazy to me how like how infantile and how immature and how and you know how really like evil people can be when it's like, yo, what if I told you that what when you saw our faces on the flyer, it was because that person is fatherless, that person has no pastor in their life, and I was just yeah. trying to get in proximity enough to even share and break bread with them or whatever. And I know people are probably going crazy in the comments right now, blah, blah, blah. But again, I think the two factors for me, number one, so if you're like death by association, oh, I can't be cool with Mike because I would say number one is maybe we are aligned in a previous season when they were saying the same things, but they switched it up and I didn't. And so I put some distance. But then number two, maybe sometimes I step close enough in proximity to try to actually befriend them and get to know them and understand. And that's what I'm guilty of. Now, I, I also want to end this by saying I don't stay stuck on stupid. And so, and you know, yeah. I'm, and I'm also not opportunistic. So like, for example, you guys know this, I get, and all the guys in this thing, we get hundreds of speaking requests every single month. Like I don't need to strategically position myself. I don't need relationships to climb a, a hierarchy, a ladder. Like the truth is, um, matter of fact, I actually canceled all of my itinerant speaking for 2024 indefinitely. And, and so it's not for me, it's not like, oh, I'm going to be this person's friend. So hopefully it'll open up a door. If you know anything about me and, and I, again, I have to say these things publicly because 
even though I've been saying them, I feel like people aren't listening. Like for years and years, I was the executive pastor, not the lead pastor. My, I, I, my actual assignment was obscurity. If you saw me doing my job, I was doing it the wrong way. There is a whole season of my life where the Lord said, I want you to be an echo before you ever become a voice. I only quoted my pastor. I only retweeted him. I only, whatever he was saying was what I was saying. And when God said, I trust you to echo a man that you can see, now I trust you to echo me that you can't see. And so I was an echo before I was a voice. So for me, I don't do the politics. I don't do fake friends. I don't do like, you know, you preach my church, so I preach yours. And then you get up on stage and I say, this is my good friend who I only talk to once a year. I don't do that stuff, guys. I'm in New York City. We are immune to fake. Like we, you, it doesn't even work on us here in New York City. And so I just want to go on record and say like, of course, there's been people who come and go, they enter and exit. You see that in New Testament scripture. We think there was some beef between Peter and Paul, but what we don't see is them um, sowing more division over it. We see yeah. them still staying on mission. And I've visited Rome. You know how the story ends? They both go to jail. <laughs> so it's like, at the end of the day, I think I'm looking for co-laborers and I'm looking for friends. And you know, that's I just wanna clear the record about that. Yeah, that's really good. Vlad, do you have any thoughts on on what uh, what he's talking about? Well, I think that probably uh, out of all the demon slayers, I get the most um, uh, tagged in things or people screenshot it and send it to me about my um, associations, previous associations, current associations, and most likely future associations. <laughs> um, so it comes from the place of my pastor, my uncle, he's my covering. And he's the one that taught me that um, we don't have God figured out and God uses people we don't always agree or like. And we have to learn to be hungry for the supernatural and learn um, from people that are moving in the supernatural without, of course, ignoring the criticism and all of this stuff. And so, and in my, our younger days, when I was um, a teenager still, my pastor would send me to revivals and he would tell me right away, I don't like this preacher. <laughs> he tells me that. And then he would send me on a seven day revival to that church to be there. He's like, but you need to go and you need to be because be there because God is moving there. He's preaching the gospel, but he's like, I don't like the way he dresses and I don't like the way he, um, a few other things. So, so and my pastor is the one that taught me. He's like, you don't have to agree with everyone to have a relationship with them, to walk with them or agree with everyone and everything to even benefit and receive from them. Also, there are times, like Pastor Mike mentioned, that we have a relationship with someone and maybe they, they walk away from Christ, they fall away. Like, I mean, I listened to Ravi Zechariah's sermons, was really blessed by them. You know, he found out at the end of his life, you know, he, uh, he was not living in a way that pleased God. Does it make all the sermons that I listen to now do I need to renounce them and go through some kind of deliverance I don't think so I think that they were sound teachings and he was not sound as a person and I see it more like a glove and a hand you know you can use a glove to do some gardening that the glove can rip you you kind of discard the glove but what you did with your garden you don't go and now destroy everything and do everything again because the glove that was used in the process got destroyed and a lot of men and women of God in the Bible, they kind of went off into some interesting things. We see this through God's generals. 
we ourselves are also in the learning process. And so uh, I don't personally just embrace that whole thing that if, for example, somebody weird off or went into some things that I don't, disagree, don't agree with, and now I'm going to be you know, going and, and making videos about it and trying to destroy their ministry, even if they are wrong. I will message them, talk to them, pray for them. But I don't know what's happening with their heart. I don't know what's happening in their life. What if there is a conviction that God is doing? And, and so that has kind of been my approach is to avoid good. attacking those I disagree with. I have currently some relationships, as all of us on this, um, on this live stream have, with people that we don't agree with everything. And once saved, always saved, even some things on deliverance. But we are brothers in Christ and we continue to have a relationship. Now, does it mean that we always do everything together? Probably not. There's some wisdom and um, in that. And so the, that's kind of been my um, approach in that, in our church and personally um, in our ministry. But the question that you started with, Isaiah, is there a rift among the demon slayers? I don't see that rift. I mean, we talk, uh, we a lot of times challenge each other on different things. We encourage each other. We stretch each other. And I am very grateful for this group. I think that this year has been a little bit shaky because we've seen a lot of other stuff going on um just a lot of exposure that has happened with the both movies coming out uh, yeah. all of our schedules being busy i feel like we didn't have as much time to even spend together to um we were planning to get together and do a little recording in my house but that got switched and so um so i'm grateful for this group and i'm grateful for you guys because you were able to highlight certain things i didn't see as well as um cover certain blind spots i had and just all of us, I feel like we're in a growing process. And so, um, but death by association, I think some people will ascribe to that. I, when they do that, they're like, oh, you took a picture with Benny Hinn. That's it. Lad is a false prophet because he took a picture with Benny Hinn. And I said, well, just label on my list of crimes the fact that I'm reading Book of Proverbs every day. And Solomon had many wives. Add to my also crime the fact that, I, you know, I read Psalms every day and David committed murder. So I was like, well, if we go that route where every single connection I've had, it's kind of like Jesus goes to Zacchaeus' house and, okay, he shouldn't be going there because Zacchaeus is a sinner. So I don't know. I don't see it like that. I think that we have to kind of have a bigger picture and really embrace uh, people and help people to walk with Christ uh, that are not necessarily seeing uh, eye to eye instead of being this thing where you're a heretic, walk away from me. And yeah. That's good. And I think it goes to the point of like when we said the Demon Slayer is, is literally a group chat with us four guys. So when people were saying there's drama in the Demon Slayers, I'm like, oh, I'm in the group chat. I don't see any drama. And with us four, I can honestly say there's never been a time where we didn't talk. There's never been a time where we were mad at each other. I'm not talking to Mike. I'm not talking to Vlad. We've all four been, hey, well, let's talk about this. If we have issues, if we and, and honestly, we're all four different guys. We're all four different ministries. Some of us have higher tolerance than others. Some of us are more reserved on who we connect within others and some of us have disconnected from people that others haven't and vice versa so just because vlad or mike doesn't associate with someone doesn't mean i can't or vice versa and we're all our own men you know what i'm saying and i think that just because maybe certain ones of us have mm. disconnected with association doesn't mean that person's bad doesn't mean they're false like there's people this last year and i'm just speak for myself that i have disassociated with for one simple fact okay and I'm just going to say this, and I won't say their names or anything, and you guys could, oh, is it so-and-so? Don't try to guess. You don't need to. It's pointless. I'm just speaking <laughs> for my own personal. The Lord convicted me. I had 
a time in prayer with God. I won't say an encounter because it wasn't an encounter. Just I felt God speak to my heart in prayer. And I text you, Mike, I think the day this happened. And the yeah. Lord said, Isaiah, I don't want you ministering with guys that you wouldn't allow to minister to your own children or your wife. And I started looking at certain guys in my life that I was ministering with that I would never let pray for my wife or kids. And I got convicted and said, I'm not going to minister with them anymore. Doesn't mean they're false. Doesn't mean they're heretics. Doesn't mean I make a, make a video. I just felt the Lord tell me, I don't want you ministering with people you wouldn't allow to minister to your own wife and kids. And I looked at certain people and said, hey, I wouldn't let that guy or girl minister to my family. So I'm not going to minister with them because you guys are my family and I'm bringing you guys to events that, that, are, that these certain people are with. And so I just... Again, no names. You guys don't try to guess. Doesn't matter. I'm just telling you going forward, I got, okay, I'm going to be a little bit more picky with who I minister with and who I share a pulpit with. And I've made mistakes and I've ministered with the wrong people. I've ministered with the right people. I've had connections with the wrong people and then God's corrected me. And maybe for some people, I'm the wrong person. Come on, chat. Maybe for some people, they're like, I is regret there, ministering this, with us. Is this why you canceled speaking a hungry jam this year? <laughs> no, <dude. laughs> no, yeah, I was like, you know what, Vlad, I got to, you know, Vlad's in too much controversy. I got to let it simmer down. Um, no, that was because I needed to be home with my family. But for real, though, I really okay, have, I want to make more. it clear. If you see us disconnecting with people or removing association, it doesn't mean that their person's false. And again, let me remind you guys, mm -hmm. for those of you jumping in, Pagani couldn't make it tonight. Pagani's been in the chat the whole time. And uh, Pagani's still a part of our group chat, okay? Again, nobody's getting kicked out. There's no okay. coming in, no coming out, just to be clear. Um, just because some of, we disconnect with certain people, doesn't mean the person's bad, they're a heretic, they're false, or anything like that. Just, you got to realize we have our own discretion. We have also leaders and pastors. I also have pastors that say, hey, I don't want you connecting with this person. And I submit and honor that and go, hey, I don't see it, but my pastor sees it. And so I'm going right. to obey and honor that. And Vlad's pastor might say something different. So it's, we're not going to bump yeah. heads over it. We're not going to fight over it. You could get connected. You're a grown man. You can stay connected or you cannot connect. doesn't really matter. The point is we have to follow the Holy Spirit and our convictions. And you guys, if you guys are following us, you guys have to trust that we're being led by the Holy Spirit um, in these things. Okay? Can we move yeah, on? Is real that, quick. That, go ahead. Go ahead. I wanna, no, I want to say something because I remember the day that you texted me and it, it really affected me deeply. And I think this mm. is going to help a lot of people watching though because when you texted me that, it like really caused me to go back and reflect. And so here's the way I look at it, because I disconnected from people and it wasn't necessarily because they were even heretical, but, and, and let me just say, here was my rationale and I hope this helps somebody, but discipleship is replication. So if I'm looking out at my congregation, sometimes I think to myself, if there were a thousand of that guy attending my church, is it a better church or a worse church? And if, if my prayer team, if there are a thousand prayer team members across the country that minister mm -hmm. the way that guy ministers, is our prayer team better or am I cleaning stuff up every single week? Because discipleship is replication. So there's sometimes where I think, you know what? Let them go do their thing. They have their place in the body of Christ. I'm not even going to evaluate it. But, the, but what I am going to do is say, you know what? In wisdom, if I bring them to my house to minister, I also have to be okay with them replicating themselves in my people and I don't need a th like because when I come to Hungry Gen 
and I minister, you know, I think to myself, if, if, if the people do what I'm saying to do in this sermon, does Vlad, is he thankful for that? (laughs) Or is he like, I've got to undo all of it, you know? And Mm. so sometimes I think that like, you have to be careful about who you expose. Same thing, like, like who you expose to your congregation or even with my YouTube channel or whatever, like, you know, who I put in front of my audience and I've got it wrong guys. And I think like our internal conversations are sometimes like when I first met Isaiah, for example, I had a like three year stretch of our church where I only had like two guest speakers because I was so guarded. And then I was like, you know what? I have to open up. I have to take, and that was the big demon slayer conversation back in the day was like, Mike never has anybody in his channels. He never. And so I started taking all these risks and then it all backfired and all this stuff. I'm like, Oh Lord, I was just trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. But then again, where I landed in wisdom in this next season was replication. So like, I feel like Isaiah was like, will I let them minister to my wife and kids? And then my metric was, am I okay with a thousand people in my church acting the way that person acts? And if the answer was no, I'm not inviting them. So good. Somebody in the chat made me laugh. They said, who's Hungry Jen? But they spelled it like the name Jennifer, J-E-N. So when you keep (laughs) saying Hungry Jen, they think you're talking about a lady named Jen who's hungry. Hungry Jen (laughs) is Vlad's church. It's Hungry Generation. It's G-E-N, not J-E-N. Sorry, if you'd be like, who's Hungry Jen? Why is she hungry? I dated her once. (laughs) I dated Hungry Jen. (laughs) We all know the Hungry Jen a timer timer again. All right. Super, super good. Okay. I'm going to go quick on the next few. Cause I, I know it's later for Vlad. He's had a long day. He's been in interviews and we could go all night on oh, this. Yeah. And, definitely... and guys, those of you who are saying Vlad has a flu, I do not accept that. I don't have a flu, but I you did can. have a long flight and I have a running nose. I think it's Texas or something. So yeah, I don't <laughs> no, have a good. Uh, flu. But and then way, I also want to say guys for the audio cutting out, here's the deal. I got to remind you guys, I have a control center where I could see the audio meters. I could monitor the audio. It's clear on our end. It's clear on Facebook. I'm monitoring on my cell phone on YouTube. It's clear. It hasn't cut out once. So that means it's YouTube server issue. So if you're having the audio cut out, it's only a few few of you. Just refresh the broadcast, take a deep breath, and it's all going to work out. Okay. So if we're cutting out, just refresh the feed and you're going to be fine. Okay. Another criticism that I want to address, and I'll just do this one quick because there's not a lot to say. We've all done teachings on this. We get criticized that we teach a works-based gospel. So I'm going to ask you guys a question like we're in school. And uh, don't don't lie, Mike and Vlad. I want you guys to be honest. Do you believe we are saved by faith alone through grace alone? Just go ahead and yes or no question. Yes. What yes. about you, Mike? Okay, so we, record, both, we, yes. we all three believe, and I think if Bagani was here, I could speak for him. He's in the chat, but I'll speak for him here. We believe Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of your own doing. It's the gift of God. So we do not believe works can get you saved. Now, I've said before, works is not how you get saved. Works is the fruit of your salvation. So after you're saved, works come. They don't gain you salvation. This is an after. There's going to be works in my life because I'm saved, not to get me saved. All right, and you guys can go look at, even if you look at Ephesians 2.8, it goes on to say we are created and prepared for good works. So of course, God wants us to do works. James 2 says, if you have faith, but no works, your faith isn't saving faith, your faith is dead. So yes, we believe in works, but we don't believe works gain a salvation. We do not teach a works-based gospel. If we did, we wouldn't agree with Ephesians 2.8, and we wouldn't have said, yes, we believe. It's by faith alone, grace alone. Okay, next one is, um, 
why use deliverance forms? I've seen this criticism a lot. Do you guys use deliverance forms, by the way, at your church or in your ministries at all? Like where people have to fill out a form, usually if they're going to come get deliverance? Is that something you guys even use? Uh, we we have a form that they fill out. It's more of like a very short application so that okay. that's used to pray for them a month before they come. Okay. So that's mainly used for intercession so that the team can start preparing and praying. And when they show up, we meet with them one-on-one -on -one and lead them through confession and through more of, some of them are not believers, so lead them through repentance and, and confession before we pray for deliverance. But we don't really have that very thorough form online because we meet with them and talk with them one-on-one. -on -one. That's, so yeah. that's our step. I have the same situation. Yeah. So ours re really is just for follow-up because we believe that discipleship has to happen yes. after deliverance. And so yeah. our primary goal is like, hey, listen, deliverance is easy. We have all authority to cast these demons out. But discipleship, we want to teach you to walk that narrow path. And That's I think good. the form for us is more of like we need to be able to get a hold of you. We don't want to bring yeah. you through this That's spiritual true. experience yeah. and then release you back into the wild. Yeah, we have uh -huh. a thing, I would call it like more of a questionnaire that I got years uh -huh. ago from another deliverance ministry. And honestly, it's too long. And But what I found was good about it was, you guys know when you sit for a one-on-one -on -one deliverance, sometimes it's like an hour of them talking about, I was this and this happened to me. So the questionnaire removes that first hour of the meeting yeah. and it tells us everything we need to know and pray for you about. And then it has like a release of liability. If anything happens, it's on you, not on us, because stuff does happen in deliverance in the past. So it releases that legal liability. But really the point of is, answer questions it's very long i think too long but one thing i found it does is it weeds out people that aren't serious because people say i yes. want to get delivered and i'm like fill out the form and they never fill it out and i'm like if you're serious you'll fill out this questionnaire if you're not serious you won't fill it out so i think it does weed out the people and this is guys specifically for meeting for deliverance not deliverance at an altar or church but meeting with people yeah. like deliverance team yeah. so it, maybe it's different than even what i'm asking so yeah that's what we use the form for i know people think it's weird but yeah you don't do deliverance so of course all of this is weird to you because you don't know what <laughs> yeah, it's like to sit for an hour even, and then past, talk about Pastor Mike or our ministry. We, when people come forward for prayer, we don't have them fill out any forms. Yeah, we, pray we don't for either. Them. Yeah, we don't either. If someone comes forward for prayer at the altar, we don't have them fill out a form. Correct. But if they're like, hey, I want to meet with your deliverance team outside of church, then the form will help the deliverance team, which I think some people need the one on one session in the time. Okay, here's another one. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I feel sometimes I'm not trying to be rude. I felt dumb asking you guys these, but these are people have asked and people talk. And so I don't want to laugh and be rude about it. But someone told me you guys drink alcohol. Is this true? So do you guys drink? I don't drink. Um, Mike, do you drink? No, I'm going on record. I was delivered of alcoholism and I, I'm actually really adamant against drinking. I've gone Same. viral many times over. I've taken so much heat. By the way, I've sat across uh, from some of the most. Uh, you know, prolific men of God on the planet and watch them get completely trashed out of their mind and then try to convince bad. me of, of Christian liberties, uh, you know? And so I'm like, Hey, and so, yeah, for me though, it's just, it's incredibly destructive and we do not drink. And you know, here's the thing, man. I, and I just, I want to keep it 100. The people, because I can cut it up theologically, I can give you all the verses, but also I spent years on the reform side, which obviously, you know, it believes that Christians can drink. And drink. not only that, but but to be honest with you, most Christians outside of America, like, so you go into Europe, Eastern European countries, you go to Latin American countries, even Pentecostals and Charismatics, they do drink. But I'm just yeah. telling you, like, Again, this is anecdotal evidence. This is my personal experience. 
almost 100% of the people that I have seen preach Christian liberties, uh, I have also watched them get drunk right in front of me. (laughs) So it's like one of the most ironic things ever. And then the other thing too, though, is like, for me, I'm very, I have a tendency to be very obsessive. So like when Mm. I get into something, I go all the way. I I live by this phrase of anything worth doing is worth overdoing. So it's like, if I'm going to YouTube, it's like either I'm not doing social media at all, or I'm going to like, I have this, everything you guys see in this shot, like. So you apply that personality type to alcohol. And really, for me, I learned it's a superpower. Like God has given me this attribute because, you know, that it's a part of who I am that's enabled me to be very successful in the kingdom. But the enemy will often take your greatest area of purpose and pervert it and say, like, hey, I'm going to take that obsession that could produce greatness and I'm going to actually cause you to become an alcoholic. And so I I just think there's so many Christians who are self-deceived. And once you get real about this issue, you'll, matter of fact, you'll, if you guys, if you're in the comments right now, you're watching this video, whether it's live or on a rebroadcast and you need freedom from alcohol, I want you to video yourself pouring it down the drain right now. And I want you to tag me in the video and I want you to get free. Come on. Yep. Vlad, are you a sipping saint? Uh, No. (laughs) Sipping that coffee. I am, yeah, I mean, I I drink coffee, yeah, but um, I do believe that alcohol doesn't deliver on his promises, it promises a lot, it doesn't deliver that, and God doesn't lead us into evil, he delivers us from it, and so um, when you go into alcohol, alcohol, the problem with it is it goes directly to the brain, the communication center of the body, and it interferes with us being in sober mind and so i believe it's a numbing mechanism it's not something that it nurtures you and it's really a substitute i think it was revan hill who said that it's a devil's substitute for spirit-filled life holy spirit leads me to self-control when you get alcohol um you develop uh you lose control so i grew up in the household where uh drinking even a sip of wine that was just never permitted and I am gl- glad for that discipline that was brought in. And so I've never even kind of considered that. I mean, that I had a glass of wine uh, 15 years ago or uh, took a sip. Yeah, uh, during communion, because we used to have communion, actual wine in the communion. Yeah. We stopped doing it because some of the people who got delivered from alcohol would take um, uh, the wine in our communion and actually have problems after that. With struggling with alcohol so we we kind of uh, replaced that to, to juice now but i absolutely uh, believe in just being more filled with the holy spirit instead of alcohol for me it's not a legalism issue it's a liberty issue of walking free for jesus if i if i justify and go on this ramp and trying to justify alcohol what has alcohol done for me I want to justify walking in the Holy Spirit, living in the Holy Spirit, that I don't even need that alcohol in my life to make me feel more joyful or make me feel more peaceful. So water, water does it for me. You you know what's crazy though? Water right here. No wine in here. Amen. (laughs) You know what's crazy? I'll say this real quick because I want to, when I was drinking, almost 100% of the sin that I was committing was occurring after I drank. And to Vlad's point, it was like when you drink alcohol, science will tell you it actually shuts down the frontal lobe of your brain, which is primarily your decision-making center. That's why people say, Mm -hmm. oh, I did it because I was drunk. And it doesn't, it's not to say I stopped drinking and I stopped sinning. 
but when but there was a major connection between drinking yeah. alcohol reducing my inhibitions and then saying okay now i can justify doing this and anybody in the chat right now who's ever been drunk before knows exactly what i'm talking about yes I, it's like you it's almost like the alcohol gives you liquid courage but yep. it's courage to mm. sin and so like Preach. the holy spirit gives you courage but it's so i tell people like if you want to come under the influence come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And you know, if you were a sinner and you used to blame it on the alcohol, then Acts chapter one, verse eight, blame it on the Holy Spirit. I don't know what happened. I came up under come the on. influence of the Holy Spirit and started preaching to my coworkers. I started Good. laying hands on the sick. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's like, like Vlad said, it's a counterfeit comfort, receive the yeah. true comforter, and then come up under the influence of the new wine of the Holy Spirit and start blaming some stuff on that. So good. And you know, and Isaiah, I would also add to that is that what leaders do in moderation, because there are people who will yes. say, well, I just drink in moderation. But what we do in moderation, our people that follow us uh, as pastors, they will do in excess. Yes. And so we have to raise the bar higher. We have to yes. walk in holiness and righteousness. We can't do this whole wishy-washy moderation. God doesn't call us to practice sin in moderation. Preach. Yeah, I drank almost every day before I was saved and God delivered me from that. I want to give you guys a couple of verses because I know there's people in the chat that are, you know, the wine sippers. Like, I just drink one glass of wine. It's good for my heart. And my response is, uh, you know, not eating fast food is also good for your heart, but we don't see you preaching about that. But let me give you guys a couple of verses here that to me, okay, I know people are going to get mad being like Isaiah saying drinking is a sin. I do believe it's a sin. I'm going to give you scriptures why I think that. Uh, Ephesians 5.18 says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads right. to reckless indiscretion. Instead, so what should I do instead? Be filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? First Corinthians, uh, or no, Romans 14.21, it's better to not eat meat or drink wine or do anything if it causes your brother to stumble. So will drinking cause your brother to stumble? Of course, especially if your brother was an alcoholic. All right, Proverbs 23.31, do not gaze at wine when it's red and sparkles in the cup. It goes down smoothly in the end, it'll bite you like a snake and poison you like a viper. So again, if you like getting bit by snakes and if you like the poison of vipers, then keep drinking wine. That's Solomon. Don't get mad at me. Right. Proverbs uh, chapter 20, verse one, wine is a mocker and beer is a brawler. Whoever's led astray by them is not wise. So now we know wine is what? A poisonous snake like a viper. It literally bites like a snake. It's a mocker. It's a brawler. <laughs> Okay, Proverbs 23, 21. The heavy drinker and glutton will come to po poverty and drowsiness with his rags. So why would I want to be a part of a viper being bit by a snake? To me, it's like the Bible isn't speaking well of it. Let's throw it out. Let's flush it down the toilet. Let's pour it down the drain. We know that alcohol kills your brain cells, which not being rude, but some of y'all, listen, you need every last brain cell. I need every brain cell I can get. So I don't need to be killing brain cells. I need revival in my brain cells. There's some areas in my life where I'm like, ah, I need, I need all the extra brain cells. So you don't need to be out here just slaughtering your brain cells. Also, it causes you to act in a way you wouldn't. It's a numbing agent. It's the factor in 50% of every violent crime. Alcohol yeah. is a factor. It's a mind-altering drug, according to the scientific community. Um, basically, alcohol tells the world, Jesus isn't enough. I need more. Uh -huh. I need something else to fill my Isaiah, void. I'm going to add something. When you mentioned about the fact that alcohol is poison, it's interesting. Why people vomit after a lot of drinking? That means their stomach has more sense than the brain to get rid of itself of the toxin 
like it does with food poisoning. That means your own stomach has already better theological understanding than your own brain to get rid of the Preach. toxins. Preach. Good. Good. We need to do a video on drinking, okay? I know we, we really do. Videos. Yeah, we'll do a full one. Okay, um, I have a, just one or two more. Actually, let's do one, two or three more. We'll go quick on these, and then we'll we'll end it here. Okay, do you guys watch videos that call you false teachers? We'll start with Mike. Mike, do you watch? And again, I'm not talking about finding a five-second, ten-second clip someone sends you. Do you sit and watch all the videos being made about you? And of course, we're helping them tonight. We're basically, and I'm not gonna be rude, but we're paying their bills by making this because they're gonna <laughs> use these videos, monetize it. I had a video of a guy made about me, was, which was a complete lie. The whole video was just him lying over and over again. It had like 70,000 views and we all know how much money we make on YouTube, what they pay for ads. I was like, man, this guy's buying a car. This guy's paying off, you know, paying off his car with me. But anyways, <laughs> that's, a, that's just my own little gripe and my own insecurity here. Mike, do you sit and watch videos and of people calling you false teacher? I I try not to. Let, let me just say this. The the truth is they don't have the voice of significance. You don't remember literary critics, but you do remember authors. You know, you don't remember mu music critics, but you do remember the bands and the artists that created music. The voice of significance is always the voice that is creating and so not the voice criticizing. So I try not to pay attention. Every once in a while I get sucked in. One guy did a video recently that was making fun of the way I laugh and was calling my laugh demonic. And it was just just weird. Somebody made a video saying I was in the Illuminati. Uh, somebody had I have a video two sleeves said, of tattoos. They say I wear long sleeves because both of my arms are covered in tattoos. So yeah, I mean yeah. No, on. I have a sleeve of tattoos from a former season of my life, but Isaiah, to my knowledge, doesn't. I don't have any tattoos. <laughs> but but like people say, you know, about, but it's just funny. Yeah, my net worth is eighty million dollars. The only problem is I don't know where it is. Where, I, bro, I don't have access it? to. You know, but here's That's the other my, thing. I think your wife is taking all of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Google has now, here's to be the right, thing, though. though. has to be right. It, well, but here's the thing. Who who cares if it is? Why can't? I mean, That's Vlad right. and these guys know I have multiple businesses. I have mm -hmm. multiple entities. I am not just a pastor of a church. Paul was a tent maker, and his ability apostolically to lead, and, to, and he had a supplemental income. Like, why can't I be worth $80 million? The, the thing that offended me the most is actually my driver's license says that I'm six foot, okay? And somebody said that I was five foot ten. That offended me more than anything. Okay. Bro, they call me five, five, seven, five, eight. I'm not judging all. Listen, I'm not judging here, but like at least if, if you're going to say I'm skinny, at least give me some height. I mean, at least be honest about my height. Yeah. So it's stupid. I try not to watch it. Every once in a while, I do get sucked in. Sometimes I laugh, to be honest with you. Like the one that said I was in the Illuminati and it showed like a breakdown of all the things in my stream studio and how it represented Illuminati symbols. Or like if I do this symbol because I'm pointing and it pauses on this, oh, I did 666. It's like, no, I was pointing with my finger. I accidentally, I didn't even realize I did it. Maybe I need to be more aware. But these people, like those videos, sometimes I'll laugh. Um, and then every once in a while, I'll say, well, what did they say about this? But here's the thing, Isaiah. I actually have never watched a video that legitimately broke something down. Like yeah. it's either way decontextualizing what I'm saying, you know, like distorting it on a level that it's just abs actual absurdity where it's like, I didn't mean that and any reasonable person would not assume I meant that, you know? Um, yeah. I, I, so that's why I really try not to watch them. And actually one of my goals is to not watch any of them, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's where I'm at. And I like Vlad said is like, I your opinion in a nice way doesn't matter. I don't want what you have. I don't I don't want to be friends with you. Like your world is not my world. I just I honestly just don't care. So I I I've come to find like the last I would say two or three months. I've been sober for about three months from watching any other videos. I don't, I don't want to go back to it. You know, I don't want to be drinking on that. And it's poisonous. It's toxic to me. It's, it's venom. When you start watching these videos of people just spending 40 minutes lying about you, railing on you, calling you out for one thing you slipped up on. Like in one of my videos, I'll just address it. Cause it was one of the questions and the criticisms I said at the very end of my video, I was basically telling people to repent and turn to God and I accidentally said, turn from God instead of turn to God, which by the way, guys, after streaming for 300 hours this year, right. can you imagine I accidentally said one word wrong? Like, how crazy is that? You know, we talk a lot. We're going to say something that we didn't mean to say. So I accidentally meant to say, turn to God. I said, repent and turn to God. I meant to, but I said, repent and turn from God. Of course, I immediately went in the comments and said, I misspoke. That was an error. I trimmed out the part. But what do you think the next day was? Isaiah Saldivar all over YouTube is telling people to turn from God. And then to, to some people's defense, they said, well, we think you probably misspoke, but still it's proof that he's a heretic. Right. So those things are just really cringe to me and very niche. And th their communities are very niche. They're not the majority. Most people in our churches have no clue what a heresy hunter is or who these guys are. Right. But yeah, I think it's poisonous if we start watching the videos and letting it get to us. So yeah, I've tried for the last few months. I've watched a couple clips, but for the most part, I'm sober from from some of the poison that people put out. What about you, you know, Vlad? Do you I'm watch gonna, them? Isaiah, no, I I don't uh, I don't watch. I probably have. Um, I can't remember really uh, watching. Uh, I don't. I know you guys send videos that <laughs> that sometimes. Well, like, I, they said, what I, about I, me? I see the 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 thumbnail of uh, like, hey, this person said this uh, about that. I mean, I probably have had a few times where in the last few years where I typed my name and just kind of scanned through it. And then I was surprised. I was like, oh my goodness, people actually watch my videos and they make videos about me. I was kind of moved actually in a, like a positive way. Uh, but I didn't watch it. And one time I remember my wife would say, hey, I want to watch this video right now. And so I tell her, I'm like, hey, please do not watch this, at least not in my presence. Because I'm like, it's just going to really mess you yeah. up. And it's just not healthy to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the scripture that I kind of use as my framework, well, first of all, I don't have a lot of time to watch stuff like that. I would rather watch something else, like a sermon, instead of watching somebody critiquing me. But the scripture is Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 3. It says, I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Right. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? He mentions down twice. And so when Nehemiah was attacked with slander, with criticism, even with threats, he kept on building the wall. He That's didn't let word. the critics to rent the space in his mind by giving them too much attention. And that's really one of my favorite sayings. I feel like it's wrong when you watch this stuff because you become kind of obsessed and these people move in into your mind. They don't pay rent here. And then you're constantly responding to them. And sooner or later, the challenge with the pastor is that it bleeds into your preaching. So you're yelling at this critic who's number one, not watching you right now. Number two, you have a congregation in front of you that don't even know who you're talking to. They don't live wow. on YouTube. They actually have jobs. And Preach. so they, they don't follow Twitter. <laughs> they actually have work to do. Like they have real families. Like I sometimes ask my team, I'm like, hey, did you guys see this? They're like, uh, we're not on social media. I was like, what do you mean you're not on social media? They're like, we have life. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> it's almost like they're saying, I don't have life. I mean, I'm, I know they're not saying that, but I realized most of the people, they actually have 
a life and they have a job. They don't have time to chase all of this stuff. Now, there are a few people, they love the drama and all of this stuff, so we'll leave them alone. And so what I realized is most of my congregation have no idea about these people. They don't know them, they don't follow them. And if I listen to that, it gets into me and then I start, I start bleeding it in my sermons and I think it's not healthy. It doesn't glorify Jesus. It will not never help to build the church. And sooner or later, you start actually dying from that bleeding. And I don't want to bleed out. I want to live out of overflow. And so I need to stay focused. That's so good, Vlad. You just gave a word to me. Do not come down from the wall. That's a really, really good that's statement. That's it. Um, man, that's powerful. Yeah, you have people that criticize, 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 and it's not healthy to just keep taking in criticism and people saying things about you online. And the bottom line is it's inevitable. It's inevitable no matter what you do, someone's going to say something and you have to choose whether you take that in or not. And to me, like you just said, to me, it's poison. It poisons your spirit, poisons your your soul, and it's uh, it's unnecessary. It's unnecessary to do. So I'm going to hold my bite my tongue on what I want to say. I'm just going to hold back here and go to the next question really quick. Uh, I heard you don't. I heard you guys do not believe in the Trinity. Is this true? This is untrue. I believe in the Trinity. Vlad, you you believe in the Trinity, I right? The yes. Trinity, yes. And Mike believes in the Trinity, and yes. Pagani also believes in the Trinity. If you don't know what the Trinity is, it's a foundational Christian belief that God is one being who exists in three persons, all equally God. That's the textbook definition of the Trinity. All three of us believe in the Trinity. Um, I don't want to go into this other stuff because it'll take way too long. Okay, we won't go into that. Um, okay, how do you, how do you not overreact when you get criticized? We already talked about that. When will we be doing a conference together next year? I'm answering this quick. Um, last thing I will say, okay, so I have all the questions pretty much covered. I don't want to go into some of the longer ones. None of us, I believe none of us believe in once saved, always saved. Mike, do you believe in once saved, always saved? No. Nope. Nope. I don't believe in once saved, always saved, and neither does Vlad. So for those of you that kept asking, do you guys teach once saved, always saved? We do not teach once saved, always saved. We teach if you're actually saved, you'll stay saved. <laughs> I mean, that's, I think, what we believe, but we don't teach that once you pray some prayer, you can do whatever you want and you're forever saved and Buddhists will be in heaven and Muslims will be in heaven and all that. Last thing I want to ask, this is important and I added this um, and then we're going to we're gonna end here with a quick prayer is how can we pray for you guys? So we'll start with Vlad. I know this is on the spot. I didn't send you guys this, but Vlad, what is, give us one or two things. There's a, you know almost 4,000 people on all of our channels right now watching. You got a chance to tell 4,000 people to pray for you. I need all the prayers I can get. Is there anything specific you can just think about and Pagani's in the chat said he's 100% Trinitarian. So we got his clear um, direction there on that as well. But is there anything, Vlad, you can think about? I know you're building. We need to pray about anything else. Yeah, we I mean, pray I'm about? Stepping, guys, I'm stepping into a new season after 13 years of not having children. Uh, my wife is pregnant. I know technically I'm supposed to say yes. we are pregnant, but she's the one yes. with the baby right now. I did the easy part. She's doing the hard part. And so um, I ask you that you pray for me in that I'm excited I'm for so it. Excited. And I know it's going to be a very life changing experience for me becoming a dad at the end of March. And then um, and also the building. The, I feel like there's a, all of this is happening all at the same time. So I am super excited, but I'm also I need prayer. Amazing. So Vlad's going to be having a baby soon, which is, I am so excited for you, bro. Like I think all yes. of these guys are, but I can't say it enough how excited we are. You are going to be an amazing father, dude. You're going to be one of the best fathers there is. And you have, you have this legacy. This is so important that your legacy will continue through your children. And we're, you're going to see, I'm sure you already, you already feel this way, but when, when your wife's pregnant, you feel this, I'm sure. But everything now is like about the kid. Everything revolves around being the yeah. best father, the best husband. It's just a new type of love, a new type of passion and emotions you've never felt. And so you're in for 
another type of born again experience when you have kids. It's just, you never thought you can love something so much until you have children. And then when you have more kids, you're like, I never thought I could love this one as much as the other one. Then you love them all Mm. equally. And it's an amazing thing. So be praying for Vlad, um, new season, being a father, and then a building project, which is massive, of course, is is a stressful endeavor. So that's going to be an amazing thing. Be praying for Vlad that. What about you, Mike? I know you just got done with a massive project with all the stuff you're doing plus the movie you need some <laughs> vacation brother you need i think you are going i'm going vacation, but you need some vacation what could we pray for you about yeah thanks so much for well first thessalonians 5:25 says brothers and sisters pray for us so there's a biblical <laughs> template for Help. provoking people to pray for us but you know here's the thing guys i'm first generation ministry you know, my, as you guys know, my biological father's dead. All of the Signorellis are gone and I'm really charting this path. And so just pray for my mind, pray for my emotions. I'm doing all right, but you know, it's not easy pioneering and it's, we've been taking all this territory, but it comes at a high cost, a high price. And so I think, you know, that's just something for me, like as we forge forward, thinking about the movie coming to digital distribution, the going to the Asian nations, you know, the campuses, the stuff that we're dealing with, it's just, it's a lot. I'm raising up a lot of leaders, but just just keep me in prayer, you know? And, and I think that's why, Isaiah, I really wanna give you props for setting up this stream, you know, with the topic like addressing criticism, because sometimes you can get victory over the devil, but then that mental warfare of like, mm-hmm. God, show me what's next. I can't copy paste the plan of the thing that happened before me, we've got to go into a new direction. And and how do we do that? So keep me, keep me in prayer. I really believe like Times Square, many of you guys saw it went viral so many Mm -hmm. times over. Apostle Bagani just straight up destroyed some strongholds. Like, and you just, you don't do that kind of stuff without there being, you know, some sort of attacks, warfare. And so just keep us in prayer over our minds, over our families, pray for our, pray for our, our children, pray for our wives, like, yes. because we don't do this alone. I mean, my wife, matter of fact, like sometimes I'll reference a video and my wife's like, Mike, I don't see it. These people who are hating on you have, yeah. you know, a hundred subscribers, like yep. you have half a million. It's not even comparable. Like, why are you? And I've been saying like a moving train doesn't stop for barking dogs. And yep. some of that mm-hmm. stuff I'm preaching to myself. So, you know, keep Mm -hmm. praying for us. Yeah, I would think uh, for me, very similar that I would just continue to stay focused. It's easy to get distracted by, did you hear so-and-so said this or so-and-so's making this? I think there's a guy right now making a full-on hour-and-a-half documentary on me. So that was today, getting messages about that. I'm going like, oh, great, now I get to watch it. You know, But again, I promised myself I'm not watching these videos. My point is just pray for us guys that we would keep clarity. Like right now I'm going, okay, Lord, I need to get in the secret place. I know that when I get out of the secret place, I start worrying about what people say. I start worrying and getting stressed out about finances and about partner and about ministry and about content. So I got to get back in the secret place. I I really am focusing on that the first seven days of the year. I'm going to be going live an hour a day, praying with our community. And that's just for me to be like, hey, I want to start my year in prayer. So be praying for our families, my wife, my kids, their health, Um, Mm -hmm. pray against the attacks of the enemy. Pray that God would give me boldness and clarity. Instead of praying on us, P-R-E-Y, pray for Come us. Come okay? on. Instead of attacking us, pray for us. If you think we're wrong, pray for us. If you think we're false, pray for us. And if we are false, pray God would open up our eyes to our falsehoods, you know? So we need your prayers, whether you love us, whether you hate us. 
Um, we need your prayers. And for me, I just need the clarity. I'm also going to be starting a book in January. I got the contract today. So Come pray on. about that. Finally, after 13 years, we thought it was going to be 2050. I said, you know what? <laughs> when flying cars, when flying cars come out, I'll write a book, but thank God I'm going to start writing a book actually next month. And so be praying about that. I feel like once I break into that first book, it'll be multiple books per year. And that will, you know, that'll also continue the legacy of what God's doing in our ministry. So be praying for that. Um, we're in transition with other things. Just be praying. It's not easy doing what we're doing. I'm just going to say it. I'm not trying to be a baby right. here putting out multiple videos, doing three streams a week, putting out videos every day. You guys know as much as I do, I'm preaching the choir. It is a very, very hard thing to do, uh, especially after thousands of videos. It's like you get to a point you go, what else could I say to these people? But we got to <laughs> stay encouraged. We got to keep doing what God's called us to do, press forward. And also I want to say, I really want to be clear on this last point. And then if you guys have any closing thoughts. So for me, yeah, just pray for clarity and pray that God would draw me back and I would spend time in the secret place. But I want to be clear on something. We went two hours and five minutes and 53 seconds. It seems to be like we could be negative this whole time, but oh, people are talking bad about us. It felt like, you know, that could be the theme. I want to be very, very clear. The like to dislike ratio on our yes. videos. I looked at mine yesterday, okay? The like to dislike ratio on my channel right now, 155 million views. I looked at this on my channel yesterday, 99.4%, okay? So 99.4% yep. of the people that watch my video hit the like button and 0.06% hit the dislike. I don't want to paint a picture that we're just these persecuted, nobody likes us, and you know we're crying about our problems. Not at all. God is moving. There's more force than there are against us. It is the minority that have massive microphones shouting false prophet, heretic, all that. We are True. not some lowly like oh grasshoppers. We're not here to cry tonight. Um, we have so many people <laughs> in our corner. We love you guys. I don't want to make the one person in the chat that's negative tonight outweigh the 5,000 in the chat tonight that have been positive. Uh, we so love good. you guys. We appreciate you guys. We're not giving up. We're not slowing down. We're not quitting. We're not getting quiet. We're not getting silent. We're not going to allow our critics to shut us down. We know that God has called us to this ministry. We're going to keep plowing forward. So I don't want to paint the picture that the 50% of the people that watch our content don't like us. It's 99% guys positive. It's 1% yeah. negative. Unfortunately, tonight we had to address some criticism for you guys that constantly hear the same thing over and over. So you can say this to your pastor. No, I heard Isaiah say he believes in the Trinity. I heard Mike say he believes in uh, salvation by faith alone through grace alone. I heard Vlad say this is his stance on drinking. So you can say from our mouth, we address some of these criticisms. Right. So I hope that helps. And if you guys have any closing thoughts, feel free to um, give any closing thoughts as we close out this broadcast tonight. I think as we were talking about addressing criticisms, not necessarily, I like Isaiah, what you said, we're not addressing critics, um, but we're addressing criticisms. You know, I, I hope everybody got this, that there is constructive one. We receive that. We're open to being corrected. We're open to being, uh, we're, we walk under authority. We also enjoy and receive from us in yes. each other as brothers. But there's also destructive one. Destructive criticism is like that mosquitoes. You know, they're, they're tiny, small, annoying. Um, and sometimes it feels like they don't go away. But we try to keep our windows and our doors closed so they don't get, get inside of our mind. So they don't create this biting and they don't bite us and live focused on Jesus. And that's what we're going to continue to do. We've been doing this for the last few years. And I think it drew a lot of attention. And we're grateful for the influence that God has given to us. But with this influence uh, comes also uh, people who will not always understand. Some people will use this 
to draw attention to themselves. We ourselves have not done always the good job by not criticizing other people. Sometimes we criticize other people as well uh, without knowing them fully. And so um, we own up to that and we will just continue to get better, get closer to Jesus and Jesus will be glorified. We'll keep building the wall, keep building the kingdom of God. And um, yeah, and thank you guys for letting us speak into your life. Man. Someone so in the chat, good. Vlad, said no more dog vitamins. That was such a funny story, by the way. That was like, <laughs> I, the, tonight was amazing. You guys had so much good things to say. I receive, but I have to say my favorite part of the stream was when Vlad yeah. uh, became a German shepherd for a couple days and was eating, <laughs> eating dog vitamins and, and growing dog hair on his back. So I love that story. <laughs> that was hilarious. Uh, Mike, any closing thoughts that you have? Yeah, here's here's my my closing thoughts because you know criticism is unavoidable if you're doing something. The only yes. way to not be criticized is to do nothing. These people yeah. who are criticizing you, they just quite frankly want you to die. They there is no such thing as doing it the right way in their book. They they would never matter of fact, if they were to tell you that congratulations, you're good now, it would contradict the entire catalog of everything they've ever created. They have to disagree with you. Wow. And here's the thing: when you're whenever you're building something, what you do to get them is what you have to do to keep them. Yes. So if you make Christian TMZ tabloid drama stuff, you have to do that for the rest of your life because that's how that's how you got them. That's how you keep them. And so I think for a lot of these, and I'm saying in air quotes. For the podcast listeners, a lot of these ministries, uh, they're, they're accountability ministries with no accountability, and they're discernment ministries with no discernment. That's not, that's not going to be your legacy. God's got more for you. The other thing, too, is I was thinking the other day, I have had so many incredible meals at restaurants, and I've left thinking that was one of the best meals I've ever had in my life and never reviewed the restaurant. But the second you have a bad experience, the first thing you want to do is go review them. And so oftentimes, if you guys are trying to trust by the reviews, but not trusting by the Holy Spirit, not trusting by the fruit, I think you're going to be, you're going to end up in error. And so I think when you look at Vlad's ministry, you know what I see when I, when I get by pastor Vlad, I see, I see men walking in holiness and righteousness all around him, loving wow. their wives, loving their families. I see them stewarding their finances, stepping into radical generosity. By the way, Vlad's not the only radically generous person. Everyone around him's like that. When I get around Isaiah, I see the very same thing. I, see, I, I literally, I was, I've been in these guys' homes, and I see the fruit of their life. You know, I see the joy of the Lord in the midst of the Saldivar family, in the midst of like with his brother and different mm -hmm. people. Like those things, you can't lie. And so it's like, for me, you will know them by their fruit. But the only way to inspect fruit is to get close enough to smell it, to touch it, to mm -hmm. taste it. And a lot of times, like you're going to watch people's content online. That's not necessarily the indicator of whether or not they're true or false. Good. And so I think if you learned anything tonight, and this is just kind of me recapping the whole night, is, um, you know, we're still going to be doing this. I've been rocking since the late 90s. I'm still doing it. 
And, yeah. uh, and, and so, you know, sometimes you just got to outlast them. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so they come and we'll go. still be here. They come and go, you know, they'll come for a season and leave. And someone said, please don't talk about restaurants around hungry Jen. Cause she's hungry, but yeah, the hungry <laughs> Jen thing. Let's go. The funniest part was people, I didn't want to interrupt when you guys are talking, but for so long, people kept saying, I'm just trying to figure out who hungry Jen is. Is she in the chat? <laughs> I is know, this, I see is that. this Vlad's wife? Or I'm like, no, it's not Vlad's wife. It's <laughs> Jen just jumped in the chat. Jenny, oh, we were no, just trying to uh, jump Jenny in the Weaver. chat instead of combining hungry with Jenny. <laughs> no, no. That's hilarious. That so what funny. a great time. I want to challenge you guys as well to give to the broadcast, to give these guys ministry. I always stay on after, but tonight I'll probably stay on for like five minutes for you guys to be able to give. But I want you guys to give to their links as well. Their links are in the description and also in their own pages on their own channels. And, you know, you guys can end your stuff. It won't offend me if you go on your page and end the stream right when I get on here. But yeah, please sew into it and make sure you guys are giving to their stuff. They're awesome. And uh, thanks guys for being on tonight. It was amazing. Appreciate it. Thank you. you. Awesome. Love you guys. See you, brother. All right, guys. What an amazing show. Per usual, we're going to give you guys a chance to give. I want to sew into them tonight as well. And they also have their links to give. We definitely don't care about where the finances go. If it goes to them, if it goes to our ministry, if it goes to Mike's, it doesn't matter. The last thing we've ever discussed or thought about is finances. So please just pray about sewing um into any of us into any of them you can monthly partner the link to monthly partner is on the screen it's also a qr code you know we've had because every year people monthly partner so usually is one year everyone cancels we've had a lot of people canceling recently it would help us out tremendously if you guys would monthly partner and keep let us keep doing this for free basically let us keep doing this ministry for free you can monthly partner on the qr code isaiahsaldivar.com partner i know vlad has his monthly partnership in his link on his page and mike also has his monthly partnership on his page you can do that there so what a great night guys do you care that we went two hours and 15 minutes thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the revival lifestyle podcast if you like what you heard go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content and please follow me on facebook youtube and instagram at isaiah saldivar see you next week